0: The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here.
1: This episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to the memory of Tracy Smothers.
2: You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White.
1: What's up everyone! Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada uh, I'm Snowy White I'm
2: Matt Copper
0: I'm Dustin Muruga.
2: Hey bros, what's going on? Oh, you know, just uh, sitting at home Which <laughs> is all we can really do right now Yep hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, unfortunately we're kind of at that point Manitoba you know if you've been following us you know through the whole pandemic and all that Manitoba area was doing really well for the longest time and then boom it got to the point where cases just kind of skyrocketed and everyone's kind of on their heels and afraid to really do much in the way of socializing which is actually the best thing that you we could do to the point where, um, sorry guys, as of last night, I couldn't even, uh, I didn't even think it was a very good idea if I made it out to catch up with you guys, even though it was only just a couple of us to, uh, check out full gear. But, um, uh, it is what it is. I think we'll survive and we're going to help our listeners get through this weird situation and crisis with, uh, Hopefully making some uh, kick-ass episodes and having some really cool talk. Before we kind of get into that, and we should probably do this right at the top of the hawk before we forget, but way back to our first couple episodes, we had a fourth horseman Mm -hmm. on Wrestling Night in Canada, Mr. Mike Mason and... Actually, you know what, Matt? You've been friends with him the longest. We're going to let you uh, kind of make this little announcement.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, This past Halloween, uh, Mike uh, got married to his fiancee Kay Stewart. So now they're officially husband and wife. (laughs) uh, Yeah. They originally they had their wedding social uh, earlier this year, back in February, before. all the lockdowns and COVID shit happened. Luckily we were able to get that done before that all happened. Cause that was, if, if, yeah, if the COVID shit would have happened before the wedding social, that would have been devastating. Oh, it would
1: have, yeah.
2: But nevertheless, we packed the park theater that night. Everybody ate tacos. Everybody watched good bands. It was, it was a fun night. I had, Mm -hmm. I had a really fun night helping out with uh, the setup and, uh, Essentially, working the event, and uh, but yeah, they were supposed to get married uh, in September, but obviously they had to cancel uh, the ceremony because of COVID, and so they secretly got married uh, with very like very low profile. Just them and their parents were there uh, for a small ceremony on Halloween, and uh, they got it on video. <laughs> so I'm sure some people will see it. But uh, they are planning on having an actual ceremony uh, with all of uh, with all their friends and family that will be attending once uh, all this COVID shit ends. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely
1: looking forward to that. Now, what what the majority of our listeners, you know, especially outside of Manitoba, might not know exactly what a social is. That's, oh yeah, that's, yeah. That's 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 pretty much exclusive to Manitoba. It's kind of like a a fundraiser where you go and you get a bunch of booze and you rent out a hall and you sell the booze and you gather prizes and all that. It's basic. It's it's basically a a fundraiser with a whole whack of. It's like paying to go for paying to go to a party. Yeah, to, uh, to raise funds and all that. I remember when I first moved. To this province As a teen in the mid 80s And I had people come up to me And go hey man you want to go to the social You want to go to the social And I'm like well what the fuck is a social (laughs) Well you know Oh that's right you just moved here Well it's like it's, It's like a party but you pay to go to it And the only thing That I knew about parties at the time was house parties And bush parties you know And all that and I'm like you want me to pay to go to a party? <laughs> like money, right? Yeah. Well, isn't that just the stupidest thing I've ever heard? <laughs> yep. You know. But then it's like, "Well, no, it's to raise funds for your hockey team or your wedding or your this or that." It's like, "Oh, okay." Okay, yes, I remember Mike and Kay's um wedding social. I I remember working it as well. I was working Trying to get as much Jack Daniels into me that night. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of what I was working on that night.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. Had had a great time, yeah. Um I actually had uh just a normie co-worker just who works in one of the offices in the same building, same, same company. You know, I'm just standing there and I just feel this tug on my on my shirt. And it's like, hi, oh, Holy shit! Surprised meeting you here, like the last person you would ever expect to meet.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's like just out of the blue, and it's like, oh, wow. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's small world. You know, I, I did, <laughs> how how do you I'm know the happy to go couple
3: this way now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we are so happy for Mike and Kay. Congratulations! You too, once again, Mike. I've t- I've told this to Mike a few times, but hey, she's way out of your league, buddy. You <laughs> you you got a good one there for sure, and I love the fact that they got married on Halloween. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that was I'm sure that was no accident. <laughs> right, right, but 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 the thing about that is, the first thing I always say to the lady who gets engaged or married or whatever. On an event, like when you get married on Valentine's Day or her birthday or whatever, it's like you lose a holiday now. You you know what I mean? Like, as guys, we don't care about birthdays. We don't care about Valentine's Day. We don't care about these things. Those holidays are just guaranteed action for us. Like, that's all we care about, Mm -hmm. you know. But these holidays mean something. To the ladies, and if you're getting married on Valentine's Day, well, that's now your anniversary. So you've, you've lost a holiday, you've lost an occasion and all that, but that's just something that I've often thought of. But hey, you know, whatever works for them. And once again, congratulations. Um, before we get on with the grunt, though, I just wanted to know, just like maybe we can share with our listeners what what your Halloween was like, because, yeah, obviously, neither of us, like my little one, my daughter is now, well, she's Ducky's age now, you know, so Halloween really isn't a thing in my house. It's generally um, out and about doing adult stuff, going to shows, going to house parties or what or whatnot. There wasn't much of that going on, and I ended up not really doing anything did you guys what was your halloween like pretty much the same
3: <laughs> I, did, yep. I didn't do it.
1: yeah yeah like we for we had a the like we've never okay never and it's not that we don't want to participate or anything but we've never even given out candies or anything to the kids because we always went to like my mom and dad's place for the evening had dinner there and then you know take take our daughter out and around their neighborhood and then afterwards I would step out and go do adult how ha, 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 Halloween stuff right mm-hmm. well this year with no, with nothing going on we just stayed home shut the door but you would think okay every once in a while some kid would still knock on the door still ring the doorbell Or whatever. I mean, we wouldn't answer it or anything because we weren't participating, but that never happened once. And it was weird. And in my neighborhood, especially like on my street, even if you're not participating, you would still like Halloween has its own sounds. You know, kids, you can hear the kids giggling, you know, going from house to house, you can hear. Them saying trick-or-treat at your neighbor's house or whatever. I heard none of that anywhere near me. It was really eerie. The whole night was just dead, dead quiet. I was just like, holy (sighs) jeez. Is that kind of like your area, your guys' area
2: as well? Yeah, Yeah. it was
0: was dead here too.
2: Yeah? Yeah, all I did was... I. Yeah, like like you much like you I shut my door and then I just turned turned on the TV and started watching movies and then I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drank, drank a few beers. Yeah, it's
1: actually kind of sad. It's kind of sad And the next day as well. Like you 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 always know when it's November 1st. Okay, it's just because you you might see some candy wrappers on the ground. Kids get careless. Little pieces of costume falling off, you know, S- still some neighbor, ho- some neighbor's houses still have their decorations up or whatever. You can always tell it's the day after Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Not, not this time. Like, it no, was- we
0: just have idiots who don't throw their masks away. We just have masks everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's not even the fun masks; it's uh, right. it's it's medical masks. Yeah, <laughs> all that. yeah. You see, I would like to see some Halloween masks, even those, those 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 cheap Lone Ranger type masks that you know that are disposable and all that. I, w- I wouldn't object to seeing that. It's part of the Halloween. You know, shit happens. You know.
3: Mm-hmm. But I guess just, you can stay with.
2: For the for the few kids that did go out for Halloween, they were whatever they were, but also a doctor with the medical man. <laughs> that's great. That's like, right. I have Doctor Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Doctor Batman
2: that's or Doctor Cowboy or yes.
1: yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. So yeah, hopefully next Halloween will be uh, much better for everyone involved sure. and yeah. You know, and yep. the world will be a little less scary. Um but we do have lots of stuff to get to. There was two 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 big pay-per-views. We uh, we lost a key player within the wrestling world and there's just some just some bizarre stories that happened over since we last spoke. So if we don't have any thing further, you know that we want to share with the listeners i think we're going to get on with the grunt here um at the top of the hop unfortunately we lost um tracy smothers i don't know how familiar like his heyday was when you guys were a lot younger i'm pretty sure like the majority maybe
2: ducky wasn't even around yet
1: yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, you know what, Dustin? You would have been just a wee one or maybe not even born the um his heyday in the national um promotions WCW and then the the then WWF, it was predominantly a tag team. Um with uh Steve Armstrong starting out as the Southern Boys on the um in the territories before getting signed on with WCW, and then changing the name to the Young Pistols, which actually kind of predate. It was kind of like the same gimmick. You guys would be familiar with the Smoking Guns. Yep. In the okay. WWF, it's kind of the same gimmick, but you know, the Pistols predated the Guns. It's their cowboys and you know the yeah and all, all of that good stuff. Smothers did find. Um, some solo um, work in the WWF after that, as Freddie Joe Floyd, basically like a cowboy that was there. Not a not a total jobber. I'm not talking Brooklyn Brawler, but he didn't. They didn't bring him in, you know, to do anything of any substance. Like give him just enough push, so when someone else beat him, it meant something. And I hated this gimmick <laughs> it, it was absolutely brutal It's like they're doing the same thing that they did to Terry Taylor With the Red Rooster You know, you take this great guy This great wrestler from the territories Okay, and you saddle him Ha with this really stupid ah, Brutal ah. Yeah, <laughs> with this really stupid gimmick Like, it's just not It's not gonna get over And it's gonna kill his career You know, pretty much like what it, what it, what the Red Rooster did with Terry Taylor. Now, fortunately, when all was said and done with Freddie Joe Floyd, Jim Cornette had his Smoky Mountain Federation um, up and running, and actually gave Smothers a pretty good spot. Worked him well, particularly giving him a run with the Smoky Mountain title, Um, and it just, it just that goes to show. Smothers probably would have had like an amazing career within the territories if if they had lasted longer than they did. It was just unfortunate for Smothers that the territory started drawing up as he was really starting to hit his stride, mm-hmm. you know really starting to make a name for himself, so if they didn't disappear, like you know Smothers could have been a key player. You know, in the AWA, you know, within the NWA, you know, World Championship Wrestling territory, you know, like it's he. I honestly think, yeah, he definitely would have uh, would have been a major contributor and something special. Fred, Freddie Joe Floyd, though, like that that name is a total rib on the Briscoe brothers as well, Jack and Jerry, because Freddie and Joe Floyd are the briscoe brothers real first names. Okay. So, yeah. So when they when they brought when they brought him in it's like, "Well, what are we going to call him?" "Well, you know, let's 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 stick it like Jerry's been a really good employee for us here for a while now and you know, he's a real major player. Let let, let let's stick it to Jerry." Yeah, with this you know, with 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 this stupid gimmick on, you know, the on the next briscoe brother who, you know, Perhaps Tracy Smothers, you know, could have had the the potential to be that. But you know what? If I think about the Briscoes in the WWF, then I'm just gonna, I'm I'm just gonna go off. So we're we're not going to go that far. So yeah, on Wrestling Night in Canada. We extend our condolences to the Smothers family. That's uh, too bad. It was definitely before his time. I believe he had been sick for a while was appeared to have been recovered and unfortunately there was only so much fight in him after that so yeah that's too bad you guys ever get a chance by all means check out um go go on youtube check out some of his stuff in uh smoky mountain particularly i know there's a match Where he won the Smoky Mountain title from Tony Anthony, the Dirty White Boy. Mm -hmm. That was that was a really good match. That's your homework, guys. Check out you know some good. Check out some good. Tracy, that's right. Homework, that's right. (laughs) Go, Go go check out some good Tracy Smothers stuff. Um, what do you guys got?
2: What would you guys like to talk about to get us off and running here? No, like you said, we, uh, we had two uh, pretty big uh, pay-per-views happen in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one I'd like to talk about was uh, Hell in a Cell from uh, Happened on October 25th. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, given the backlash that last year's received because of the ending of the, the Fiend-Rollins match, I was like thinking to myself, they had to do something to redeem themselves this time around. And that they was did in a- the last year that that happened, yeah, that was last year, yeah, hell in a cell right. 2019. Yeah, I know it feels like forever, long term
0: storytelling.
2: Well, not in this instance, but uh, the fiend unfortunately was not a part of the show, or maybe fortunately, I don't know, but uh, you'd think his character would go well with the hell in a cell, but you know. Vince ruins everything. Mm-hmm. But he's a uh, ruiner. He's a ruiner. Ruiner. <laughs> he's a ruiner. <laughs> but we actually we actually did have uh well for the first time ever, we actually had three hell in a cell matches on the card. Which
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I thought would have been overkill, but all three of them were actually pretty good, if I do say so myself. Like uh going into the show, well. On the pre-show, they had a match for the 24-7 championship between R-Truth and Drew Gulak, but we don't need to talk about that. Okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it is what it is.
2: But anyway, uh, surprisingly, though, the first match of the night on the main card was the Universal Championship match between Roman Reigns and his cousin Jey Uso, which was in Hell in a Cell and also an I Quit match. No. The the story between these two had been building at the time for quite a while. As uh, like Roman kind of did his heel turn and won his won the universal title, and but he was still kind of like nobody really knew for sure whether he was a heel or not. So he was he teamed up with Jay Uso in some tag team matches because uh, Jimmy Uso is out with a uh, with a knee injury at the moment. He's still recovering from surgery, but uh, okay. yeah. So uh, Jey Uso ended up actually winning uh, a number one contenders uh, match for the universal title. And then uh, I think at at another, uh, on another episode of SmackDown after that, they kind of started building the tension between the two where like, they're still family and they're kind of like Jay's just kind of like joking around being like, yeah, it's just like family love. Like we're just going to have a a match. But then like you can tell Roman Reigns was starting to sour on him and be like, he would, like, scowl at him whenever he had mm. jokes. And, like, he was, like, you could tell at that point, he was, like, about to turn full heel. And then they had their match at uh, Clash of Champions. And, well, we all know, like, that basically ended with Jimmy coming down and throwing in the towel because both guys would not give up. They wouldn't. Mm. Yeah. And, but then that led to this match. And then, yeah, so... Having to force the guys to say "I quit." That's always uh, an exciting stipulation. So, like, how are you? Yeah.
3: Gonna how are you? He, gonna and,
1: okay, yeah, but it's it's an "I quit" match within the cage. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. That yeah. might seem like a little,
2: you know, a little overbooked, but okay. Yeah, it, it was a little at times, but it's like this. This whole feud is more story driven than any than rest like wrestling ability driven i guess okay if, if you if that makes sense
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah
2: yeah like it, it's just like the boiling tension between the two uh heading into it and uh like the they they just like in the story they just ended up growing like utter disdain for each other or or jay ended up growing disdain for uh for roman as uh, because roman he's he sees himself as the head of the table in the in the family and mm. uh he thinks Jey Uso is being out of line. And the uh, the other stipulation going into this match is that if uh whoever quit was essentially out of the family. Now on the night they kind of changed that a little bit, where Paul Hammond said if, if Jey Uso uttered the words I quit, he would essentially, okay. sorry, he would essentially become an endangered servant to the to Roman Reigns. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the match went on pretty long for the opening match. It was, like, I think 40 minutes after it was all said and done. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was yeah. Like 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, but uh, towards the end of the, like, towards the end of the match, it was, like, Roman just started getting ruthless. He, uh, I think, it, uh, not, like, for real, but he, like, knocked out Jey Uso by, like, uh, giving him the, that drive-by move that he does on the ring apron with a set of stairs. <laughs> and and between the set of stairs and the ring post so all these like officials and whatnot are out there trying to get him to stop doing what he's doing because he's not going to get him to say I quit because he's knocked out and he was about to smash his head with the steps and then Jimmy Uso actually ran out and started like telling him like doing the whole like what are you doing like, like this is your family like this has to stop or whatever and like, it all gets like super emotional Roman Reigns breaks down and starts to cry. And then he go he goes to embrace Jimmy and then puts him in a scissor, scissor hold. And then at, at that point, Jimmy's like struggling, and he like grabs Jay's arm trying to wake him up. And then Jay eventually wakes up, tries to break the hold, can't. So in order to stop Roman Reigns from killing his brother, he says, I quit. So that was the only way. Roman could get his cousin to say, I quit, was to attack his other cousin. Uh Ah.
0: Roman needs to yell more. You don't just stand there and be like, well, because he's, like, tearing him down while he's talking to him, but he's not yelling at him. It's like, Roman, come on.
2: For what, sorry? sorry.
0: When he's, like, when he had Uso down, he was just, like, beating the crap out of him, and then he's just, like, talking to him normally. It's like, you should be yelling.
2: (laughs) Come on got like a um, little
1: more emotion.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure if there were more fans in attendance, he probably would have, too. Actually, so people could hear him, but I don't know. They're. I think they're trying to go for, like, Roman as just, like, this, like, soulless uh, killer now, or something. I don't know. It's... That's how I, like... Like, rather emotionless, except for that one part where he showed emotion where he was crying, but that was only to lure in. Lure mm-hmm. in, so, so he could get the scissor hold on him. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. They're, I guess they're maybe they're just trying to play up Roman Reigns like he's a absolute sociopath. All, all he all hears is being head of the table.
1: That would work. That would work. Because he, like he's not like he was he's never been, you know, the best promo, and I guess that's what
2: Heyman is there for anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does so that work? Like, yeah, just like how just like how he was for Brock Lesnar.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not?
2: Yeah. Yep, but uh yeah, and then the the last couple episodes after after that uh, there's been two smackdowns since then. And like yeah, like Jimmy Uso was or sorry, Jay Uso basically told Roman that he hates him. And but if uh but if he didn't fall in line, Roman Reigns was gonna kick him out of the family. So now Jay Uso has done sort of a reluctant heel turn, I guess. Okay. Now he's like aligned with Roman Reigns. So this is it's interesting to see where this will go. How much Jay Uso will take. Because at this point he's just kind of doing it for the family. So his family doesn't yeah. All right, all right. And
1: I think they have they have the potential here to make a new star out of Jay Uso.
2: Oh you know, absolutely.
1: Yeah, much like in the way um Kofi Kingston kind of broke away from the new day and they put the title on him for a while and gave him a, an extended singles run. Mm-hmm. This this has the potential to, you know, make a make make a star out of an USO as well.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. well, while like, well, while Jimmy's like recovering from surgery, I don't know exactly when his return date is. I like, think it's sometime early next year. But uh he's still like minorly involved, like the way he can. Like you can mm-hmm. tell he's still still limping because well obviously he had knee surgery right uh Mm
3: -hmm.
2: yeah oh well yeah you you know all about that but But, uh i'm really looking forward to seeing where this uh where the storyline goes but there are rumors going around that it's going to lead to like when jimmy returns that's going to lead to like a new faction like the samoan family faction of theirs Mm -hmm. and at this point, who knows if Jay is still going to be reluctantly a part of it or what? But I, I can see that them winning the SmackDown tag titles again, and then all three of them have the blue straps. All three blue straps. Okay.
0: Yeah, I can see it.
2: Yeah, but they could also use that finally as a as a means of bringing in new uh, SmackDown tag team title belts because apparently they've had those since WrestleMania thirty five. They've had new SmackDown tag belts, and they just haven't debuted them yet. So well, they keep
0: they like the look of the penny. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. But if they do, if they do in fact have new belts, they could use uh, the Usos winning them as a part of Roman's faction. And then Roman can reward them for their loyalty by giving them new new title belts. I think that would be kind of a cool little way mm-hmm. to. Introduce. That being yeah. said, there's always that there's always that gamble of whether or not the the belts going to look like even. Potentially worse, but <laughs> they
0: can't be any worse than what they look like now. They look like
2: garbage now. Oh yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's the most basic design you can ever. They, they look they look like prototypes of actual belts. Yep. Really, but
0: maybe these are prototypes of the new belts.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, then we've had prototypes for four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But whatever. Anyway, that's, yeah, that match was solid. Uh, Next match of the night was kind of a throwaway match between Elias and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, not a lot really going on. Just kind of your basic Jeff Hardy match, how he kind of goes through the motions these days with his matches. He just kind of, it's like a paint by numbers type thing, in my opinion, whenever Mm -hmm. he has a singles match. But uh, yeah, this match ended with uh, Elias beat Jeff Hardy by disqualification because Elias. Or Jeff already hit Elias with Elias's guitar. So, yeah, like I said, throwaway match. I don't, I personally don't ever think pay per view should have disqualification endings to any any kind of match.
1: Mm-hmm, uh, they're supposed to blow offs. They're supposed to be like these, the matches on the pay per view are supposed to
2: be, you know, the, the, the payoff for the angle. Yeah. Like save that, yeah. save, save screwy finishes for Raw and SmackDown, I say. Mm hmm. <laughs> like, as 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 much as that still kind of gets annoying. Like how you know, m- most of RAW is either count out or, or disqualification endings, but whatever. At least it wasn't for a title. Yeah.
1: Do you think um once his WWF deal is up, you think we're gonna see
2: Jeff in AEW? I would have said yes, but he he just signed a new deal recently. Oh, okay. So he, I think he's back. He's he's with WWE for another three years, unfortunately. Right. But right. like the, the, and the, the the thing about that too is the catalyst for him signing was that he said once fans come back, he wants his old music back. Like not the Hardy Boys music, but his uh, his like two thousand eight, two thousand nine music. No
3: more
0: words.
2: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was the catalyst for him signing a new contract. Was that. And then oh, okay. then of course he signs a new deal and then they start doing Jeff Hardy's a junkie Jeff Hardy's a drunk storylines all over no. again.
1: Oh, oh. oh, he resigned just in
2: time for that, eh? Yeah, I, th- oh. I think so. I don't know his I don't know Jeff's uh opinion on on them making him do this shit, but I know Matt Hardy has said that he's not too too stoked on it and I don't blame him. Not is, at all. Not at all. But like yeah, they, they did that with, with the Seamus storyline and, and then they had that whole uh that angle where they opened that one episode of Smackdown where he uh with the like the car accident thing and they found <laughs> Jeff Hardy like in the bush.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh...
2: And then like Elias was apparently struck by one of the cars. But even though like they're they're still playing that up that storyline up now, even though that happened five months ago. Is that uh, yeah? Now, now that they're both on Raw, they're they're both. Uh, or Elias seems to still think that Jeff Hardy hit him with the car. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're going with that still. Even in like the opening segment or the opening to the match when Elias came out, he was singing a song. He said something about. I'm pretty sure he threw the threw DUI into the song in there somewhere. So
3: wow, <sighs>
2: that's brutal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, see where the story goes. I have a feeling Sheamus is going to get involved again somehow, because they're all on Raw now. Oh, probably. But anyway, going from that, we had uh, a match between Otis and The Miz and for the Money in the Bank contract. Now, Otis has been Mr. Money in the Bank for uh, how long has it been now? When, when was that pay-per-view? May? I think, I think so, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's been, yeah, so he's been money Mr. Money in the Bank since May, and they've done absolutely nothing with him. And uh, it's uh, pretty obvious that they never had any intention of him cashing it, in. Because
0: like they were just like shock value, have the guy you don't think's gonna win win. Exactly. And they're like, Oh, we should oh shit, what do we do now?
3: Yeah.
2: And now yeah, now now mm-hmm. you got now, Mr. Money in the Bank is a guy who won, who was already held the briefcase 10 years ago. And I, know, I like The Miz, but do you think, he does he need another world title run? Or would you like to see him have another world title run? I'd
0: like, to, I'd like to see him have another world title run, but I don't think he needs Money in the Bank
2: to do it. No. He's like, yeah, last time when he was Mr. Money in the Bank, he, I'm pretty sure, he yeah, he did cash in on Randy Orton. Yeah, to win. yeah
3: okay
1: so otis put the the briefcase on the line and no, he was you
2: know he was ordered to put it on the line oh in, uh, okay all right well. by the judge who was john bradshaw layfield yeah yeah he was ordered to, they had a, they had like a, a wrestler's court uh segment on smackdown before that okay and yeah and jbl was about to say that Ot- Otis is the rightful Mr. Money in the Bank because the Miz was trying to sue him for it because Otis assaulted him even though this is professional wrestling and, you know. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: yeah. All right, all right, yeah. Uh, Bronson uh,
0: said shut up instead of damn and that was weird.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but as, as soon as JBL was about to call like the final, the final verdict, he, uh, the Miz presented him with a new piece of evidence he thought was a. Uh, he thought was uh, very critical to the case. And of course, JBL opens this briefcase that the Miz hands him. And all you hear is like the cha-ching sound. And then he like closes the briefcase and changes his mind.
3: So, oh,
2: God. Yeah. So it's money.
3: Yeah. So he yeah. bribed
2: JBL, even though JBL is already apparently rich as hell. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. I, this is what oh, happens. thanks
0: for my pocket change.
1: Yeah. yeah. This is what happens when you get TV writers as opposed to wrestling bookers, I guess. Okay, all
2: right, all right. Uh, yeah. So in the the match was okay, I suppose, but uh, John Morrison ended up getting himself uh, dejected from ringside because he tried to interfere, and then the end of the match came where Tucker, Mrs. Or sorry, Otis's uh, tag team partner, turned on Otis, smacked him in the head with the briefcase when the ref wasn't looking. And then the Miz got the win. Oh. Yeah.
0: And then break up another take.
2: Yeah. Well, they were already broken up because of the draft. But now since then, Tucker jobbed out to uh, ricochet on Raw in about fucking 20 seconds (laughs) after this all happened. So so. they have have zero plans to to use to to use Tucker for anything. It was just kind of like a the heel turn just felt like a rinse and repeat. Just like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just
1: just from not seeing any of this, the only thing I've, the only m- my knowledge of this is what you guys are telling me now. It sounds like this is just okay. This is how we're getting it off of Otis. Yeah. I was like, okay, all
2: right. So now, so now Ms. is Mister Money in the Bank, and yeah, I'll get I'll get into it a little bit later about the details of that. But yeah, the whole the whole uh, Tucker. And just feels like a whole rinse and repeat storyline. It's like Tucker Tucker turned on Otis because he was sick of all the times he had to stand by the side while Otis got the spotlight. It's like we've heard this a million fucking times mm-hmm. this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of it, but whatever. At least they from what they've been doing with the Miz uh the last few raws, it seems like he's actually like gonna try to cash in. But we'll get to that later. Uh, mm-hmm. So after that, uh, what I thought was match of the night, and I know Ducky, you did too, was the second Hell in a Cell match of the night for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Bailey and Sasha Banks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Bailey's
0: arch nemesis, the duct tape.
2: The duct tape. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, as we're recording this right now, Hell in a Cell is replaying on the WWE Network, and right now the Sasha Bailey match is on. <laughs> I'm watching it as we speak. <laughs> okay, Sack is wailing on Bailey with a kendo stick right now, but uh, but yeah, the build to this match I thought was absolutely unreal because they, they these two have been a tag team for, or they're, they're the first ever women's tag team uh, champions, I should say, mm-hmm. and for, for first, these...
0: the first ever that everyone
2: now thinks, but there's been the yeah, before. Well, but anyways, well, that, that, that <laughs> different belts, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so all all history is erased when you yeah. get a new belt. Yeah, like that. So. Yeah. Well those were the WWF
2: That's how it works. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Glamour girls, jumping bomb angels? Never heard of
2: them. Yeah. No, those were the WWF women's tag titles, okay? <laughs> <That's
3: it. laughs>
2: but uh anyway, yeah, the whole the whole build to this match—they both won the the women's tag team titles when they were baby faces, and then lost them. Kind of went on like singles runs again, and then they reunited both as heels again at this time. And uh, they Bailey was already like SmackDown women's champion. Then they both won the the tag team titles, and then Sasha had won the Raw women's title from Asuka at uh, Extreme Rules, and so they 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 were like the they called themselves the golden role models, and they had all the gold. And then, uh, yeah, then one by one, they they lost. Like Sasha quickly lost the Raw Women's title back to Oscar. Then they lost the tag team titles, and then after that, Bailey just ends up turning on Sasha on, on an episode of SmackDown. And I thought they were going to save this for when fans came back, but I think it was actually mm-hmm. the first one of the first episodes in the Thunderdome that they that they pulled the trigger on that. Yeah. And yeah, so Bailey tries to kill Sasha. Sasha comes back, tries to kill Bailey, and apparently the the only way to end this is in Hell in a Cell. But only because it's October. <laughs> That's not because okay. not, not, not because it's a group, a big pay per view like WrestleMania or Survivor Series where you have to use it to blow off the feud. It's because it's October. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Honestly this yeah was match of the night for me the only flub in the whole match was when Bailey i think i guess didn't realize that the cameras could pick up her voice cuz she was trying to make some contraption <clears throat> trying to make some contraption out of duct tape and uh kendo sticks and uh she's like trying to we we've all struggled trying to get a, <laughs> a duct tape roll <laughs> to find- you know, yeah. Just, so she's like she's like fidgeting with this roll of duct tape, trying to find the end of it. And she looks up at the referee and like I'm pretty sure she wasn't even in character when she said this. She looks up at the referee and says, Can you help me with this? And then the referee is like thinking like she's like thinking like, What are you doing? He's just like, No, I can't help I you. I can't help you with that. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> K fabe, man. K fade. Yeah. But no, there were several awesome spots in this match, and like involving, wow. involving tables, ladders, and chairs, and kendo sticks, and, and the cell, and yeah, and
0: and more kendo sticks, more,
2: kendo, more kendo sticks, k- yeah, and uh, and a weird uh, sort of table contraption that Bailey made out of two chairs and a ladder you know? <laughs> that uh, that Sasha ended up slamming her onto. But uh, the end of the match actually was uh, sort of a throwback to their Iron Woman, or was it their Iron Woman match, or was it just a takeover match between the two? At uh, no, I think it was just their their one on one match in NXT, uh, where they where Bailey uh, was stomping on her Sa- Sasha was stomping on Bailey's fingers to keep her from reaching the ropes
3: yeah. when she had her statement.
2: Yeah, that might have been
0: uh, just the single
2: one on one match. Yeah. Okay yeah, there was kind of a throwback to that where like uh Sasha had gotten Bailey's head uh in, in into a chair and then put her into the bank statement because this this uh this this feud is really centered around putting people's heads inside of chairs and then stomping on them.
3: But mm-hmm.
2: uh yeah, but that's the, well that's how that's how Sasha got Bailey to sign the contract for the match. But uh yeah, she had her in the bank statement and with, with her head in the chair. And while she had her in the submission, she started stomping on the legs of the chair to get her to tap out, and eventually she did. And it was, I gotta say, it was pretty fucking awesome. After, yeah, and then
0: yeah, like, yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. After the, after the match, fucking, uh, yeah, Bailey just laid there motionless while Sasha just kind of stared her down and the referee was just holding the, holding the belt next to her, like, trying to present it to her, but Sasha was just, like, I think it was like a whole, like a solid minute. Sasha was just staring down Bailey, just, just like, uh, just uh, it was a, a good payoff for the for the feud. And I don't know if it's going to keep going or not. But they had they had a rematch on SmackDown, which Sasha won. Yes, Sasha actually defended a title,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> didn't lose it on her first defense. But yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I I would like to see them have another match if it's this good when fans come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the heel? Who's the face in this? Uh, Sasha is the face because Bailey turned on Sasha. Oh okay. Okay. Were... Well. Yeah.
1: The yeah. The only the only way they can really go from that is by switching them at some point. You know.
2: Well, that's that's the thing too is that like they were all they were already like switched around when they were in nxt when they had their feud
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, right. bailey was the heel and sasha was the or sorry uh, bailey was the baby face and sasha was the the heel <clears throat> the heel. but yeah now the rules are reversed and yeah see i don't i don't really know where you go from that <laughs> so
1: okay where, it where, actually, where, it, sorry it sounds like a match that i you know, I'm not big in on on the WWF, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing that one.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd recommend it if you can find it somewhere. Okay, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I'm I'm having fun just watching it on mute right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after that, uh, it's like where do you go from there? They, uh, yeah, they had an impromptu United States Championship match between Bobby Lashley and a member of retribution that it would be one of the hurt business versus one of uh one of the members of retribution and it ended up being bobby lashley defending the united states title against slapjack because you know slapjack <laughs> slapjack yeah okay. that's yeah you know everybody in everybody in retribution has fucking lame ass names i don't know if you've talked about this already <laughs> but uh-huh. Aside from Mustafa Ali, or Mustafa Ali, excuse me. Uh, yeah, everybody else has these lame nicknames after coming out from NXT. Shane Thorne is Slapjack. Uh, Dio Madden is Mace. Dominic Dijakovic is T-Bar. And Mia Yim is uh, Retaliation, I think her name is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically they're all wearing stupid masks and they all have names that sound like Ninja Turtle villains. <laughs> <Okay>. Thanks, <man.
3: laughs> Actually
2: they, they come to think of it they look like Ninja Turtle villains. Yeah. They, oh. they they would not look out of place in like the live action uh TV show that was on for one season in the mid 90s. <laughs> that was that, that was a that was a bite off of the the movie. Wow, okay. I have to see this. I have
1: to see this.
2: Yeah. It's it's bad. But uh whatever. That's it, it was it was a throwaway match. Bobby Lashley got him in the in the the full Nelson or the the hurt lock as he calls it. And Made him tap out. I think within like less than five minutes. Yep. Yeah.
0: They need to get him slapjack a better mask because he had to keep adjusting that like every two seconds.
2: Well, yeah, it's like a hockey mask, isn't it? Oh, yeah, early hockey dad. mask
0: with a strap on the back to hold it to your head, and every time he gets hit, he's like, "Hang on."
2: Yeah. Yeah, they need to like reinforce it a little bit better, but yeah, it, 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 yeah, it looks like a, a cheap hockey mask, but whatever, it's this retribution story is, is going nowhere. They've lost all their matches and they were supposed to be this threat to the company. And now it's just like, how do you, how are you a threat to a company when you lose all the fucking time?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, okay. So it was like an NWO invasion angle sort of. Sort or sim, or people are more so comparing it to the Nexus from uh a decade ago. Oh okay. all, all the original guys from the, the the first incarnation of NXT invaded uh Raw and actually tore up the place. Oh, okay. And uh, that was going good for a little while and then yeah, then they all lost to Super Cena at uh at Survivor Series. Oh, that'll kill it, yeah. Yeah. But I'm this bad. one it's yeah been the Hurt Business, which is uh, MVP uh, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander against these four NXT call-ups that all have new stupid names and new stupid masks. And they just, they haven't won a single match since, even since Mustafa Mustafa Ali was uh, revealed as their, as their leader. Wow. So, it, it's just not going, I like, I hope it's, I don't see it going anywhere good, but I hope something good comes of it <laughs> i don't i don't see it happening
0: yeah because it looked like it was gonna be like the best thing they had going in a while and then they were like nope
2: yeah just so pull the rug out from under that right the fuck away yep yeah well like when they were on both shows it was a little more convincing but then they became raw exclusives and i was like oh yeah nothing says company-wide takeover like brand exclusivity
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they would have kept, from just from what I can see here right now, you would need factions on both, trying to take over both sides. Yeah. In order to make it like this company takeover.
2: Exactly. Like, they they were on both shows for quite a while when they were still at the Performance Center. And even the first episode of SmackDown at the, the Thunderdome, they showed up. But then, since then, they've just been on Raw. That's it.
3: All right.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then the main event of the night was the WWE Championship match or Hell in a Cell match with uh, Drew McIntyre against Randy Orton. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, I believe, which was... was which was decent, too. It was pretty good. Yeah, cool. it was. Uh, what was this, their third or fourth match for the title this year? Third. Third? Okay. Yeah, so Randy Orton couldn't get it off of uh, McIntyre at SummerSlam, couldn't get it off of him at uh, Clash of Champions. So, yeah, so they they had their final blow-off, Hell in a Cell match. And, yeah, it was surprisingly decent. And uh, they actually went to the top of the cell. Okay. Something I haven't seen in a long time. I, I know uh, Shane McMahon jumped off the Hell in a Cell three years ago and uh, also the year before that. And, but I think prior to that, oh yeah, Dean Ambrose and uh, and uh, Seth Rollins, they had a Hell in a Cell match in 2015 or 2014 that started on the top. The
0: side of it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But like, like, other than that, yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you don't usually see a whole lot of uh, people going up to the top anymore. No, <laughs> in, okay. and so just Which, like, I, I understand that not, you can't do that every single time. Because no, no, because it'll be expected,
1: and the payoff isn't worth the the injury risk. Yeah, plus just, uh, with
2: how high
0: like, they have that thing now. Sorry. Plus with how high they built that fucking thing now.
2: Yeah, it's pretty high up now. But uh, yeah, but you know, it's yeah, like you like you said, Snowy, the the risk isn't worth the reward. And just ask Mick McFoley about that, mm-hmm. because he's still paying. Both physically and financially for some of the injuries that he suffered in that uh Hell in a Cell match in ninety-eight when he got thrown off the top. No no, no no. Yeah, he took two two tumbles. Yeah, and he yeah, mm. he said I, I I saw something the other day where he said that he's still paying for like dental work. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That match, yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, Vince. How come you're not it, taking care of mixed teeth? I don't care if you're uh If he's involved with you or not, like that is he literally puts so he literally put his body on the line.
2: Oh yeah, he's you know, yeah he apparently like yeah he's like he's so messed up he has to like stretch for like an hour just to get just to be able to get out of bed. Oh
1: jeez, wow.
2: Yeah, or just to be able to move around like and live a normal like a semi-normal life. He has like a personal trainer that helps him stretch. Or do stretches in the morning. Wow.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's you. Yeah, but this is fake. That wrestling is
2: fake. I mean, oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fake just flying off the top of a twenty foot structure, a twenty five foot structure, <laughs> mm-hmm. just
3: uh-huh.
2: landing on a landing on a table. Mm-hmm. But, so well. So how how did this one end up? Uh, this one ended up with. Uh, they started fighting on the top of the cell, but they—I think this Randy lured him up there, only for him to reveal that he had a pipe up there that he was going to hit him with. So they started fighting up there for a little while, and then they didn't really fall off the top, but they started both to climb down. And then they—they uh, they were on the side of the cage, and then they started like do, doing that thing where you like bang someone's head at the side of the cage to try to get them to fall off. And they yeah, uh, so Randy. Randy eventually got uh Drew to fall down and he went right through the announce table and then, and then Drew kind of climbed or crawled his way back into the ring. Uh while Randy just kind of like walked beside him or stalked him as the, the commentators would say
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> slowly and methodically stalking his <laughs> stalking <laughs> his predator. The apex predator.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah. Drew Drew McIntyre looked like he was going to win, about to hit the Claymore, but he missed it. Randy turned it into an RKO, got the one, two, three. So Randy Orton's now a fourteen-time oh, champion. Okay, so Vince doesn't want me
1: to tune in at all anymore. <laughs> Not even because like what's what's ah oh, I'm so, I'm so Randy Orton out. Like I'm done. I'm done with this guy. Uh, yeah. Just, oh. all right
2: i I, I know where you're coming from but like the way they've uh the way they're doing things now on raw with it is that there's like three different guys going for randy orton's title now it's like he can't he has to keep his head on a swivel because not only is drew mcintyre seeking retribution for it no 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 not to bring up retribution again but uh, (laughs) but uh, not only is uh drew mcintyre seeking revenge on randy orton to get his uh title back Miz also has the money in the bank contract and he tried to cash it in once already but drew mcintyre put a stop to that but now also the fiend is coming after randy orton because of what uh, randy orton did to the to bray wyatt's house three years ago when he burned it down so all right yeah so i think that's all like even even in the, the the raw after hell in a cell uh it ended with uh or Randy was on an episode of A Moment of Bliss, and now Alexa Bliss is aligned with the Fiend. So Randy, Randy's just like Randy's was like suspicious from the get-go, and then of course the the yeah he he thought the Fiend was going to come attack him, but then Drew came out and attacked him, and then they fought in the ring for a little while, while Alexa Bliss just stood in the corner laughing at them like like Harley Damn. Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then the, the lights powered down. And then the, the the red lights came on with the creepy music, and Drew was standing in the ring. Randy was standing in the middle of the ramp, and the Fiend was standing up at the top of the stage. So Randy was just kind of like between a rock and a hard place, like "fuck, what do I do?" <laughs> so it's he shows like, "Well,
0: I don't want to run into that guy. I'll run back at Drew, I guess."
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, he was like standing there, and he like kind of looks over his shoulder, and you can see the Fiend back there, but he never. Fully turned around, so the fiend never attacked him.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, just the look to on that face
3: was
2: like, "Shit!" Yeah, he's like, Damn.
3: <laughs>
2: but uh, yeah, then he went back, went back to the ring, and uh, started fighting Drew. And the fiend just kind of disappeared. But I, we're, we'll see the fiends get somewhat of a uh, his revenge on uh, on Randy Orton on behalf of Bray Wyatt. I'm sure they always do,
3: <laughs> but yeah,
2: that was Hell in a Cell. 2020. Uh,
1: okay, okay, well, then, um, our usual uh rating system here horns up, horns down, horns in the middle.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say horns in the middle because I like the Hell in a Cell matches, but the other matches in between were kind of just like whatever, so it was it was half.
1: Yeah, I'll also go with Metal. Okay, of course. Of course, I have to reserve judgment because I just Vince doesn't seem to want me to have the network. <laughs> it seems like it just... So I was
2: like, okay, all right, fine. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. You, you can get the free version of the network and just watch pay-per-views after they are live.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I'll look into that. Maybe yeah. I'll look into that. Yeah, yeah. Before Before we do get on to our second pay-per-view here. There was a couple of things that I just kind of wanted to throw out there. Um, Our thoughts are going out to that young gentleman that basically, and uh, the the only way I can really just, I don't even know how I could really describe it, but this young guy has suffered one of the most horrific knee injuries we've ever seen.
2: Oh yeah, the backyard wrestler.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like part of me, okay, like he was he made his entrance. It didn't like there was anyone in there in attendance, and obviously it didn't even look like this 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 wasn't even like a severe independent mud show, whatever you want to call it. It's just some guys fucking around in their basement or in the in their backyard.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and it just Okay, he, okay, he made his entrance, he jumps on the ring, the ring ropes and he's, you know, he's living his dream at least for for that moment and then jumps down and his knees buckle the wrong way. Both of them simultaneously.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: he, I how, how does that happen? <laughs> you know, I mean I,
2: Yeah, who knows? Sorry? Like it's a freak accident really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like for both of them to do that simultaneously is just like, I was like, wow, holy jeez. And now, and I like, like I don't even know how I feel about this because like a part of me says, okay, what? Okay, you're you're just you're risking your health for no reason. You're fucking around in the backyard. You're a backyard wrestler and all that. It's gonna do nothing for your career, but career in parenthesis and all that. But it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big. Uh, it's not like he jumped out of a tree, through three tables into a pool of mouse traps, and you know, like no. all this weird stuff. It was just, it, it was
2: nothing, and all that. So I, yeah, he, I'm just really like uh, he jumps spun off the middle turnbuckle during his entrance. And that's mm-hmm. what he did. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And so if it was something stupid, you know,
1: then uh he would have, you know, he wouldn't have my sympathy, but yeah, I I got to give it to him this time because he just he wasn't doing anything stupid and all that no. and it's just it's there's talk that they may have to amputate. There's nothing that they can do for it and for them and apparently there's been a GoFundMe. me i should have the information here but if you just want to take the time I, out and look it up I
2: there's it. a oh okay yeah it's uh the the go is called uh medical expenses for justin's broken legs uh the goal is 200 grand to cover his medical bills wow yeah. so far it's reached so far it has reached uh twenty thousand three hundred and fifty five dollars. And all I yeah, I, I know it's not like only a tenth of the way there. But uh Chris Jericho actually did uh contribute two thousand of those dollars to, oh, to it. So, so good on Chris, even though yeah. yeah even though recently he's made other donations I don't particularly agree with. Yeah, I don't want to get into
1: yeah <laughs> all that. It's, a, it's okay, it's okay because I'll go off all night about this whole fiasco and all that. But okay, yeah, that's 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 good on them. We're sorry that has that that happened, and um, yeah, oh, not good, not good. Um, have you guys been following Impact? I
2: personally haven't not
1: Okay. Actually, um when Impact f- focuses on the ring and the storyline and wants to be a professional wrestling federation, it is really good. That in Ring of Honor, the 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 pure title tournament has been the best thing on wrestling in any federation, you know, the past a little while. But impact, you know. When they focus on the ring and making it a wrestling league, they are doing really well. The Wrestle House segments have been driving me crazy, though. Like, it's just really like this is absolute garbage. This is just them trying to it's them pissing around, you know, trying to cash in on the whole um, big brother type bullshit. Okay. Okay. And they kind of had a blow off of Wrestle House with a wedding. Okay. Rosemary. God, this, okay. This, this breaks my heart in for two, two reasons. Number one, Rosemary is one of my favorite wrestlers going today. I love the character. I love that she's a, she's a good Winnipeg girl. All that. It's just right from the start. Big, big, big Rosemary mark. As a blow off to Wrestle House, she was getting married to Johnny Bravo. Okay, and the whole thing was was built up in the WrestleHouse House segments and all that. They're having the wedding in the ring. Um James James Mitchell is doing the ceremony, obviously, <clears throat> ceremony. Mm-hmm. And lights, the lights go out, you hear a bang, a shot, a shot go off, lights come back on. Johnny Bravo has been shot. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Okay, so now...
0: And Tommy Dreamer yells con, and it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> ah, no! It's not, sorry, dude. It, this was absolute horse shit. Yeah, oh, but it was I, so like... funny when they just
0: when the camera's panning <laughs> oh, away, and you just Tommy Dreamer just looks up and goes,
1: "Con." God! <laughs> Okay, I get the joke. I get the joke now. Okay, as Winnipeggers, okay, and I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I'll actually have a better idea towards this. You might think, "Well, shit, did Impact hire Russo again? Is Russo back? This is stupid. This is fucking stupid. What's going on here?" No, this is all 100% Don Callis. Oh, really? Okay, this this is total Don Callis. Like coming from Winnipeg years ago, he had his own radio show here on a terrestrial radio rock and roll station. Him and uh, Joe Joe Ayello, yeah, okay, mm. who did a bit of time in the WWF way back then as Joy bevens Really,
3: Joy did. Yeah,
1: yeah, Ayello was in the WWF for a while,
2: like, like Tom and Joe. show it
3: was in yeah. WWF.
1: Yeah, oh, well, wow. okay. yeah, huh. it was not not for very long. I think Nick 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 Bockwinkle got him set up in the WWF for a little while, just to kind of as a as an announcer, as a uh, as an interviewer, and all of that. Well, they had a wrestling radio show, No Holds Barred. Here, okay. on Yellow and Don Callis. Okay, and Callis made no bones about what a fan he was of the tv show dallas i don't know if you guys remember dallas it was a it was a it's a it was a weekly one hour evening time soap opera and J.R. ewing played by larry hagman he was the ultimate villain back in the 80s and he yeah he was the ultimate heel on on tv Callis never hid the fact that he was a big Dallas fan and I always said what a great heel J.R. Ewing was. The biggest storyline and something that has gone down into 80s pop culture, you know, infinity forever was the expression who shot J.R. That was that was right up there with where's the beef and you know <laughs> I am your father and just like you know it's just just a strong part of the 80s lexicon and all that. So <laughs> on Dallas, okay, J.R. Ewing got shot. And the following season, it was like, who shot JR? Who shot JR? Who shot Jr? It was, a beauty, it, was, it was a it was a huge thing. Now, knowing that, okay, and then seeing this, impact is now, you know, the murder mystery theater. Who <laughs> shot Johnny Bravo? Who shot Johnny Bravo? It's like this is all darn callous. He's trying to recreate his own who shot Jr." And and the only reason why I'm really bringing this up is because as Winnipeggers, like we knew who Jericho was first. We know who Lance Storm was first. We knew who Edge was first. We knew who Rosemary was first. We, you know, like we were on the ground floor for all of these. And I'm proud to say that Winnipeg, okay, is on the ground floor for this angle as well. And it's just like, ah, oh, oh, as much as impact is entertaining me right now and all that, just in terms of in ring and all that, this is, this is just absolutely ridiculous, but I'm not going to go all cornet on it. I'm <laughs> going to keep my inner cornet all bottled up here. I just wanted to put that out. I just wanted to give us Winnipegers a pat on the back. Because, once again, we were, uh, we were ahead of the curb, shall we say, in that department. So, with that in mind, like, kind of, if you guys see this, and now with, with, with what you know, I'm sure you guys will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, fortunately, Full Gear, yes. last night, kind of cleansed my palate of all of that foolishness and I really enjoyed what we saw. Um unfortunately once again guys, sorry I was not able to join you, but we did manage, you know, through the wonderful world of Facebook phoning technology, <laughs> messaging or whatever, we still had a pretty good evening and we kind of had a fantastic we kind of watched a fantastic card um where do you guys want to start with that i guess right from the um from
2: the buy-in yeah well yeah i like i'm like i want to sell this this uh <laughs> this show's pre-show actually had a match worth talking about mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah uh I, I do find it a little bit odd though that AEW doesn't really focus enough on their women's division, so they have to bring in another company's women's division to to focus on.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was Serena Deeb was defending the NW, the NWA ladies Women. title versus Allison K. Okay, which on paper it's a fantastic match. It was a fantastic match from what we saw. I was just kind of like uh, really, like on 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 the pre-show on the buy-in, I really think like this title deserves at least maybe first song side one of the actual event. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but at the same time, though, I think it's justified by saying that it's technically not an AEW championship. So I don't know, like that that that's I think that was kind of the thought process in it was that we got this. We got. We have a title from another company, so we're gonna defend it on the pre-show. I, oh, I think. Okay. I think that makes the most sense
1: uh, in That's terms of
3: justifying it.
1: Probably, probably where they were, where they were going with it. Who, who are you? Who, who did you guys take? Because I was actually cheering
2: for Kay myself, being like a, an Impact fan. Well, and, NWA fan. Yeah, being that Serena Deevit just won the thing, I was going for her because I, I. I'm not a big fan when they hot potato uh, titles around. No matter, oh, not it is. at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, even though I, I grew up in the Attitude Era, I, I, <laughs> I, I, grew, I grew to learn that the, t- the title swapping there was made by somebody with, uh, yeah, <laughs> who, who just had a really short attention span, apparently. But uh, Vince. <laughs> but uh, anyway. I also thought oh, it was W C W Kof Cough
0: Vince Russo. Cough, cough.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Both Vince's. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> but Other anyway. Vince.
2: Yeah. Anyway. I thought it was interesting to note as well that Allison Kay, uh, as of earlier in the week, was a free agent, no longer signed with NWA. Mm-hmm. So,
3: yeah,
2: I th- I thought it would have been a little bit uh weird had she have won back uh the women's title after technically yeah. after a contract had expired. Yeah, so
1: it was kind of a giveaway that she wasn't gonna be winning it. Yeah, exactly. But it
2: was like uh it was a pretty good match, I thought. Uh like yeah. I have no no nothing to complain about it. Both both Deeb and uh K are great wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. but uh yeah I thought uh I actually thought like uh, after after the match ended when De- when Deeb uh, retained, uh, where she actually had her tap out. Uh, Deeb won via submission, which I didn't see coming. But it's it's always a it's always nice to see. Alex <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I like wins. But yeah, she uh, yeah Deeb got her uh, in a finishing move called the Serenity Lock. She calls it in the middle of the ring, and Kay tapped out. And uh, then after that, uh, Thunder Rosa came back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah they're i guess they're continuing a uh, a feud for the nwa women's world title on AEW television. AEW.
1: Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm down for yeah. that. I think Thunder Rosa is is a fantastic I don't like the word character, but you know, she's a fantastic athlete and I'm loving what they do with her. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and I I would be throwing a
2: contract to Allison Kay as well yeah for sure but uh well it was interesting that thunder rosa showed up because like there was rumors going around that uh that she was actually like wwe may have picked her up because uh yeah like after like after uh her couple couple of matches that she where she defended the the women's the nwa women's title on uh I think all out, she defended it, and I think she defended it on a couple episodes of Dynamite, and then after that, she just kind of disappeared from, uh, from mm-hmm. AEW TV, and uh, yeah, the, the rumor going around was that she was waiting by the phone for AEW to call her back, but WWE ended up calling her first, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, the rumor mill started circulating that Thunder Rosa had signed with WWE, but... Then Billy Corgan kind of put uh, put a stop to that, saying that she was still under contract with uh, NWA for at least another year. And yeah, then yeah, she made her return at at full gear. So it looks like the Serena Deeb Thunder uh, Rosa feud is going to continue.
1: Right and on, seeing, right on.
2: Seeing as how we don't have NWA power to uh, as a as a as a like a TV show to carry that feud, I guess. We're probably going to see it on either Dynamite or Dark going forward. Yeah,
1: thank you for reminding me. I'm going to have to start paying attention to Dark again, just just, just in case. In, in order to build up what was going to be the first match, okay? Now, obviously, as a hard music fan, especially of the 80s, okay... Ah, using cinderella's don't know what you got till it's gone for the page omega (laughs) thing oh Ah. Oh, like you had to have heard me all the way across town just (laughs) yelling and screaming at my tv over that that was bad i thought it was perfectly cheesy Oh, cheese is definitely the word. Okay, um, you guys, you were watching that with DJ Ducky's dad, right? He was yeah. there with you guys last night. Yeah. What was his reaction? Because
2: he would remember that song and all that. I don't think he really had much of one. He's <laughs> okay.
0: he basically was just like, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I thought I I thought it was actually like. It it, kind of like brought like a like it was like like dare I say like it it added like this cheesiness to the emotional side of it like the fact that they had been a tag team and they split up and they were so successful but now they're fighting each other but Uh I don't know it's (laughs) added sort of a comedic (laughs) aspect to it
1: as well oh uh huh if that wasn't yeah. That wasn't such a piss poor song though. Like, yeah, you
2: know. I know. But all eighties hair metal power ballads are like that. <laughs> it's
1: bad. Yeah.
2: Like, what would you yeah. rather them use November rain or? Like... Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh. <laughs> or uh, what's, uh, what's, what's what does Molly Crew have? Home sweet home. Oh, <laughs> so, oh Jesus.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If I guess for what they were trying to get across, and if they wanted to go that humor angle, yeah, that would definitely be the yeah. song because it was actually a
2: pretty big hit. Yeah, back... well, the, the, the story for how they actually came to use that was that Tony Khan was apparently watching an old episode of South Park where Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, Wendy had broken up with Stan, and that whole episode, or like most <laughs> of the episodes, Stan was like, walking around all heartbroken and like all these like sad songs start playing in the background and of course uh <laughs> don't know what you got till it's gone by cinderella was one of them and he uh, thought hilarious to use that for a wrestling promo and <laughs> sure enough because he he obviously got the rights to use it and <laughs> oh, wow
1: wow you thought so funny you should mention south park and stan and wendy because their shtick is kind of a thing in our household. Every once in a while, I'll just my wife will walk into the room, and I'll just look at her, and then I'll go, "There's the girl that I like." And then at this, <laughs> the, like simultaneously, we'll both go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I
2: was gonna yeah. say, like, you don't puke on her, do you? No, <laughs> no. Oh. no, there's uh, the
3: girl.
2: Oh. That...
0: I stand
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey South Park Big longer uncut is on Netflix Am I
3: might yeah it is
1: it is and that was that was the moment I actually just for various reasons not that the show I didn't I didn't stop enjoying it but for one reason or another I just kind of lost track of South Park it was right after seeing the uncut movie in the theater that I kind of lost track of it and I now I know they're all up I think every everything is up on uh Netflix now or
2: yeah. No, the the show was on Netflix a while back but the, the actual show they took off because I think like Netflix had a deal with Comedy Central a while back but then that that deal ended so they took everything down. Uh, okay, okay, maybe it's one of the others. Like we have su-
1: subscription services to a bunch of I think Hulu has Hulu oh. which you can
2: get in Canada has South Park. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: OK, so that that basically t- takes oh my God, that takes us to Paige and Omega. Mm. OK, and yeah. first of all, I got to say the very first thing I got excited about. Was Don Callis, they brought Don Callis out for um, to do Mommy. commentary and they acknowledged they acknowledged him as part of Impact.
2: Yeah, the impact, uh, EV or uh, yeah,
1: EVP, I think it said, yeah, yeah, one of the head honchos and all that, yeah, the, the, head. Head. <laughs> the head dude, mm-hmm. yeah. But just the fact that they had acknowledged him and just throughout the whole episode, they threw in little pieces of the past They talked about Tracy Smothers, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's like the WWF would never would never do that
2: well that just goes to show how spiteful of a company or how spiteful Vince McMahon is about acknowledging acknowledging the outside world with like mm-hmm. <laughs> within the bubble <laughs> of WWE whereas like AEW is just like oh yeah we'll talk about this we'll yeah this.
3: But, it
2: it actually exists yeah yeah so
3: yeah
1: so I the Winnipeg wrestling fan in me like totally marked out when they brought Don Callis out. Fantastic!
3: Yeah, I think
2: he's a great commentator.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, like if Impact ever goes belly up and Jr. retires, I think Don Callis should have a, a place at that table.
1: Ah, oh, him and Shivani would be awesome together. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: even Excalibur I think is pretty good. He, he yeah. knows all. The, mm-hmm. He knows all the moves, whereas Jr. and Tony don't seem to know that that level of detail because. They were both like play by play guys in their own day, but uh, but uh,
0: With I don't new think... moves
2: being made up all the time now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, uh, Excalibur knows all the Mexican names for most of these moves, that's the whole thing. Uh, I think they 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 changed the name of them in North America or they or they have different names, so but I don't recall Tony Schiavone ever really calling specific names of moves, even in WCW. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a slam.
2: Yeah. Well, anyone's better than Vince though. Oh, what a maneuver. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you see that maneuver, King?
1: <laughs> I I hope this isn't the blow-off. Okay, like this is this is the big pay-per-view and they were they were building a page, Omega and all that. But I, I hope I, I hope this isn't it because this was one of their biggest angles. Mm-hmm. and they seem to be had you know there's there's a lot of ways they can go with this it seems like they're making uh they're kind of subtly turning Omega and Pages is cleaning up his
2: act I don't see him with the liquor and all that so um. well, he uh, I, I don't think uh I don't think it will be because like I know the match didn't really Convey like the amount of emotion we were expecting out of it, but mm-hmm. the, look, the look on Hangman's. Fi- oh, okay. Well, well. First, we'll talk about how the how the match was really like good, not as like not as emotional as I had anticipated. Unfortunately, because I was that that's what I was hoping for, but mm-hmm. they didn't really, they didn't really have time enough to like really build to that. But uh, I'll just say it. Omega won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so he's the number one contender for the AEW world title. Uh, after the match, like uh, after he hit the one wing angel, pinned him because nobody kicks out of the one wing angel. <laughs> nobody, not once, not never.
1: And Except, no one should. No one should.
2: Like it's should they supposed to be that. a finisher.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It should protect that as well as the RKO. We used to be protected, but well, people have kicked out of that now. So
3: uh-huh.
2: anyway, hmm. anyway, uh, yeah. Omega hits the one winged angel to end the match. There was a lot of, lots of V triggers. Uh, Hangman even hit that dead eye uh, pile driver or that reverse pile driver thing that he does that looks really dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's like that, like yeah, that tombstone but on his back thing. Like I don't know, you have to see it to really believe it. But... And uh, yeah, lots of reversals of the. He, he tried to hit the buckshot lariat, but I think he, uh, yeah, it got reversed. But yeah, he eventually. Got hit by the one-wing angel, got pinned, and the fact that like the look on Hangman's face, he just looked so dejected after he had lost that match. Like he had just I don't know like and and the and the fact that Kenny Omega didn't even look at him after he won. Mm -hmm. Like he got his hand raised and he walked out of the ring, didn't even look at hangman, didn't shake his hand, nothing. It's like it's like he's just like completely blowing him off. It's like it's like that that part of my life is over. I'm going back. This being the cleaner, and he hasn't, he hasn't gone full heel yet, but I have a feeling he will in the coming weeks. Or he has, sure. to. he mm-hmm. has. To. <laughs> like,
1: and I think this 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 is a good opportunity to really push
2: Paige as as a top tier babyface solo. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree with you. Like, I would like to see him, like, really, yeah, really climb up the card and, like, really, like, get his have that, like, have them have a storyline where he, like, really gets his act together and he actually starts, like, winning again mm-hmm. and have him build his way up. I don't know if he should yeah, if he should win the TNT title along the way, but, or just save that for uh, if Omega becomes champion, if he beats John Moxley at uh, Revolution. Right, right, yeah, there. that's... That's going to be uh
1: that's going to be a very big point in like what what whatever happens next pay-per-view that's going to be a big point, you know, in what happens going forth from there.
2: Right. Yeah, I would like to see Hangman versus uh versus uh Omega probably even a double or nothing next year I think would be a good time. If 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 uh Omega does win the championship, which I'm mm-hmm. thinking he will. He'll go full heel, full cleaner, and then, yeah, him. Yeah. This is like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we'll (laughs) we'll get more into detail about that later on.
1: Well, yeah. Next up was um, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. And John Silver. Silver. What I have in my notes here is you got to give Silver a push. Oh like, my
3: God, Do you ever th-
1: This guy, I never really gave him much thought or just like, he was just one of the dark order and all that. And dark mm-hmm. order is really not blowing much smoke up my skirt and all that. But, um, I saw a lot in this guy.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing about John Silver is a lot of his, uh, best promo work is actually done on the the YouTube show called being the elite, which is like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's a, it's a comedy show, but it stars like a good portion of the, uh, aw roster it's like new episodes every monday it's actually it's pretty funny i, I give it yeah i give it a watch i, I do give it a watch every <laughs> every monday when it comes out
1: okay yeah Maybe i watch I
2: start. it i watch it while i eat breakfast because on mondays <laughs> since i don't work i get up at 11 o'clock <laughs> wow there you go yeah i don't blame you yeah but uh yeah, John silver he's been really showing his comedic chops and like oh and also the guy's ripped like he's jacked even for like a little guy and he's so fat he's his kicks are absolutely vicious mm-hmm. like, yeah and like uh and from what I've heard earlier earlier today I learned that uh, orange Cassidy and John silver actually did have a feud in the indies so that was kind of cool a little cool in- bit of information seeing like these two indie guys recreating their feud uh on pay-per-view so that was kind of cool even like and usually i don't like comedy matches but that's wwe's fault because i hate vince mcmahon's brand of comedy
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> but
2: this this one however i thought like that that one spot where where uh orange was going to put his uh his hands in his pockets and john silver's just like don't you do it
3: don't you do it don't you-
2: <laughs> And then he ripped out his pocket. Yeah, he rips out... No, but or even before that, though, when, like, Orange was doing, like, those lazy kicks and, like, John Silver's just standing there
3: going, like, doesn't hurt! <laughs> what are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Some, something like that, though. Like, I'm I'm loving Orange, Orange Cassidy, but, yeah, you know, the old schooler in me is just like, no, no. And, you know, if he was doing this, you know, to... You know, if he was doing this gimmick in 1985 in the territories, you know, Ole Anderson would have punched him in the face five times by the time he was done oh. doing his little kicks. And, yeah. You know, and, that, but I understand. I understand. And I enjoy it. I enjoy Orange Cassidy. The um, yeah. My mother-in-law even walked in the room at the time and went, is is that the guy that puts his hands in his pockets? <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 It's – um, I can understand – An old schooler kind of, uh, this is this is stupid, but I don't know. I think it, I think it kind of works because he's that athletic, you know, like he's able to bounce around and do the kicks and the flips while he's got his
2: hands in his pocket, so it works well, yeah, it does. But like, (laughs) (laughs) I I, like, like with what you just said there about the old timers, I can't help but wonder what guys like backstage, like Arn Anderson. Or even Dustin Rhodes, think of that Mm -hmm. given. uh, Maybe Dustin Rhodes would be more into it because he seems more open minded about a lot of things. But Aaron Anderson, though, I bet you he just probably just talks shit about it. I can just picture
3: him
2: in the back. be like, What the fuck is this stupid shit? (laughs) (laughs) TV. Why why did
0: we sign this guy?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, give gives give Silver a push. Let's do something with this guy.
2: Yeah, he definitely has the he has the charisma to be a to be a big star. It just it all depends on how fans accept him, I guess. Which mm-hmm. like this isn't this isn't Vince McMahon calling the shots, saying, "Oh no, he's too little; he'll never get over." Even though people are cheering the shit out of him, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> just like yeah. what happened
2: with Finn Balor, but. Uh, but yeah, like the like, like the entire time I was watching the match I was like, this is awesome And then I couldn't help but think If both of these guys were in WWE They would only ever be a part of the 24-7 title Oh, probably Yeah, yeah. Especially over.
1: Yeah, yeah, So the f- next match i love loving this It's so awesome to see the words Cody Rhodes
2: Yeah Tony got back. <laughs> <roadmap.
1: laughs> and it's just like it just it just goes to like this is just how petty, you know, that backstage behind the scenes that pro wrestling can be. You know, like we all knew he was a Rhodes, you know, like it's Dusty's kid, and Dusty Rhodes is like this this amazing legend and all that. To not to to be so petty, like to own own a name like that and you know to keep it away from his his um his his family's like from his family and all that it's just it's just petty
2: yeah well i think like the the main reason they did that is because they well yeah it is petty and like i think in vince's mind he thought that cody would never get over anywhere else without the last name but over the years, Cody has proved that he can get over without the last name. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe like eventually, they just said like, "Look, obviously he's getting over. People know who he is. We're wasting money keeping this trademark going when it's it's not. It hasn't worked the way we thought it would. So I guess they right. just threw, threw the case out." Well, there you go. There you go. Well, as a wrestling
1: fan, it was absolutely fantastic. As a as a as a guy, like I haven't done it that much this year, but I I I like to think I'm a skateboarder. I I okay. skate as much as I can. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of a mark for Darby Allen. Cody was defending the TNT title against Darby Allen, and I have to admit, I kind of like I kind of loved it when Alan shows up and he starts his entrance by putting his skateboard through the windshield yeah. of the face of TNT. And that harkened me back to a time where coming home from work one evening, I almost put my skateboard through some asshole's uh, windshield who almost schmucked me. You know, oh. I'm, I'm not, I'm not skating. I'm not on the board. I I'm just getting off work. I'm kind of, Crossing the um the parking the 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 start of the front of the parking lot of of a of a neighboring company's parking lot and this guy's pulling out in this truck he's not even looking at me motherfucker almost runs me over you know I just slammed my hand down on the hood of the car saying whoa 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 hey 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 and I kinda had to you know I'm not the most agile or flexible guy, but I had to move pretty damn quick, almost rolling over the hood so just so this guy wouldn't hit me and I was so pissed I almost put Betsy in my skateboard through the asshole's windshield so when when I saw that when i saw when I saw Alan do that, it all came rushing back and all that, so it's like, okay, this is going to be a good match, and I think it delivered.
2: Yeah, it did absolutely. Like, I loved the whole like like Cody Rhodes. I don't know if if he's like. I, I thought they were going to turn him heel in this match because like it, it kind of seemed that way. He like he's, he comes out with his whole entourage, which mm-hmm. is like his like his way of just like violating or legally violating social distancing and gathering rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, uh, no, and, and, yeah. Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn are now. Or suspiciously part of the gun or the the nightmare family.
3: For right. I don't
2: know, but
3: uh,
2: either way, like yeah, like how how Cody showed he was like a little overconfident in this match because he's beaten Darby every other time. So he was like doing the whole showboating thing. Like there was one part of the match where he was like doing push-ups and uh and stuff. Yeah, look impressed at all. Mm-hmm. That's a total heel move. It is, and calling himself the Prince of Pro Wrestling. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, yeah, but I also kind of like he's Dusty Rhodes' son. And like if anyone like okay, Jerry Lawler was the king. Harley Race used that as a as a rib on Jerry Lawler in the 80s, the whole king, and then you know you had the king of the ring, the macho king, and all 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 of that. But Dusty Rhodes is definitely one of the kings of wrestling. There's no arguing that. So calling himself the Prince of Wrestling, you know, it kind of fits as a heel or or uh, or face. But he also has, you know, the American Nightmare. You know, so yeah. he's used, he's kind of using the
2: gimmick twice. Yeah, opposed to the dream. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, but like as as I, I I told you last night, this feud uh ongoing between darby allen and uh cody Rhodes over the past year is kind of like it's given me uh sting versus rick flair vibes a little bit
1: yeah that's right yeah mm-hmm. i can kind of see that too because here's here's cody he's he's got the traditional name the old school name mm-hmm. you know and here's darby allen it even has the face the
2: face paint and, and you know, sits way yeah. up in the rafters.
1: He sits up in the rafters and he's got the unique gimmick. And yeah, in some way, shape, shape, in some way, shape, or form, you're absolutely right. That's a great call, Matt. That's, um, I definitely could see it now. Mm-hmm. Even though like Darby Allen's nowhere near
2: as big as a man of Sting, like, he's a pretty small <laughs>
3: comparison. He <It> is, he <laughs>
1: is. Is. is, which it, I like, I like Allen. I like I like how he does like how he does everything and yeah he's a little guy, but
2: he he works it well. Yeah, he's like he is like the best parts of like the the Crow version of Sting, uh, from the mid nineties and mm-hmm. uh, combined with like Jeff Hardy. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely
1: a good way of looking at it. And as for cheering. Who who I was rooting for? I was like fifty one percent Allen, forty nine percent Rhodes. Like who I was cheering for? I think, just, just I go think they, back. <laughs> he got his name back. Yeah, and I think I think because Allen's a legit skateboarder. That's where I got that extra percentage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic match. Um, and yeah. I was really surprised too that they kind of that they changed the title on it.
2: Yeah, like yeah, like the fact. That, oh, Alan hit the coffin drop on him and didn't get the pinfall. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after that, Cody hit a pump kick and a crossroads. Did, still didn't put him away. And also, before I go further, that top rope crossroads that Cody had hit on him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that looked brutal. And yep. then, like a yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then then he went to go pin him, but then his his uh his one arm was underneath the rope so that was like at first i was like like what 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 do you you want to go pin him i was just like grab the rope grab the rope and then i was just like oh i didn't need to it was under it was already there yeah yeah Yeah, because like yeah i wanted darby allen to win uh then
0: of course at the end cody had to make it all about himself
2: well yeah but like 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 like, i'm sorry like i said the uh Cody hit the pump kick, then the crossroads, still didn't get the pin, and then they started doing that whole multiple pin reversal things back and forth where Darby Allen finally got him for the three count. But yeah, like you said, Ducky, Uh, Cody had to make it all about him, like taking the title and presenting it to him. Mm-hmm. under the guise of sportsmanship but yeah
1: it still makes Rhodes look really good at least at least like his fucking wife had nothing to do with the ending or any post match anything as I as I recall I'm sorry I just I don't like Brandy at all no. No, no but this was a fantastic match and uh horns up to them for for putting it on Allen I'm excited to see where this goes
2: well, they did. Uh, it seemed like they they like continued on uh, an angle after that when Team Taz came out. And, uh, oh, right, yeah, and they attacked them. Yeah, and then yeah, they after. looked like they were gonna they were gonna squash uh, Darby's hand in the in the car door, and then Will Hobbs came out for the save.
1: <laughs> Taking a look at Starks in Cage. Okay, you know, like I, this isn't any, this isn't any place that guys like us frequent very much. But you know those normie dance clubs, and where all the the young hip, so called hip people all hang out, all the all the young preppies and all that, and it's just like, yeah, I saw that in Starks and Cage. It's like, oh fuck, that looks just like those those assholes that you see in dance dance clubs trying to pick up chicks and thinking they're- they look like uh, oh. they look like guys from Jersey Shore yeah there we are that's it <laughs> yeah they could have taken those two guys and just dropped them right then in there oh.
2: <laughs> yeah I you know I agree with you but I thought it was kind of like it kind of that whole segment kind of really like sh- shined a light on how like Diverse and how exciting AEW's mid uh, mid card is because like, mm-hmm. like yeah like I, I loved absolutely loved the spot where both uh, Starks and uh, Starks and Cage picked up the TNT title and they kind of just like looked at each other for a second. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that, that might be a dissension in the ranks uh, eventually.
1: That's the that's the first not not shot fired. But that's the first little bing, mm-hmm. shall we say? Exactly. Yeah. It'll yeah, happen. They're It'll eventually happen. going to uh, do something with that. Yeah. But first, yeah, prediction, they're probably prediction. going to.
0: If they're gonna do a tournament like they always do to do a number one contender between um to face Darby, and then it's gonna be down between Brian Cage and Rick Starks, and then whoever wins that is gonna face Darby, but the other person is gonna distract them and let Darby win. And then they're Ooh, gonna be like oh, fuck, and then start
3: attacking each other. I can see it. Yeah, I can definitely see that.
2: But I kind of want Ricky Starks to go on his own, like he was in NWA mm-hmm. like when he won the the television title. Right. Yeah, because that, that kid's got a ton of talent. Oh, absolutely. I I love Ricky Starks. Like he's, I I think him being a part of a stable is kind of just like hindering him a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought I thought it was cool when like I, I like uh, Brian Cage with Taz that kind of has their own uh that's kind of like uh,
1: AEW's own uh, Lesnar and Paul Paul Heyman but better. Yeah, yeah, and Cage needs Cage needs a mouthpiece.
2: Whether or not Starks needs it has yet to has yet to be seen. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, I think uh, eventually one day I I I think the feud between Darby Allen and. Ricky Starks could still continue and for the team, but this time for the TNT title. Uh, I'd like to see that be an ongoing thing. Yeah, that would be a good way to go Mm -hmm. for
1: sure. For sure. We finally get next up, we finally get FTR against the Bucks.
2: No, I think next was, uh, no, next was Sheeta versus uh Nyla Rose. Oh right, right, right. Okay, fair enough. Um, You can
0: talk about this one quick. I do have to run upstairs again for a second.
2: I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Hikaru Shida versus uh, Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Title. This match was just hastily thrown together on TV.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: There was zero build to it. Which it was just a title defense. defense. Yeah, it's it's just been a thing that's been bugging me about the AEW Women's Division because it's like that's like like do you, do you remember the episode of the Simpsons where they get lost on the the uh the kids get lost on that island cuz the bus like went off a bridge and then right. at, the very, at the at the very end they just had the call, the narrator says like and eventually they were rescued by oh let's say Mo Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what the aw women's division booking is like it's like and eventually your caro would have a match against full gear by oh let's say it's <laughs> <laughs> a
1: good way look oh my god a simpsons reference south park reference oh when do we get to family guy uh hopefully never but <laughs> yeah
2: but hey um, i Hey, uh, like we may not have all the South Park episodes on streaming services up here, but at least we have the Simpsons on Disney Plus. That's we do, like,
1: we do. Yeah. Yes, one of the things for Halloween I did is um, I binged all thirty of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Nice man, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, good match, good match. I like Sheeta a lot yeah. like, as as, I... an, as an athlete and champion.
2: I do too, and. uh I only like. I, I'm not really a big fan of when they do like the false pins when like the person doing the pin lifts the other person up, and they they did that twice in this match, and I think that that's kind of overplayed a little bit in mm-hmm. modern wrestling. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, yes, the match was great. Uh, Nyla Rose tried to hit a shining wizard, but didn't really do it because I will. Well, she's she's a bigger girl, so she I I'll forgive her for that. That's more of a cruiserweight thing to do, mm-hmm. but. But then Sheeta went to go hit it and then Vicky Guerrero uh distracted her. And uh what happened after that? Oh yeah. The, the I, I actually like the finish of this match where uh, Sheeta just like got Nyla Rose and just kneed her in the face like repeatedly. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that looked absolutely brutal. And I loved it. And they yeah, I just kneed her in the face like repeatedly, and then yeah, <laughs> and then uh, got the one, two, three. That was great. Yeah, uh, yeah, fantastic,
1: fantastic. And I can see they're going somewhere with uh, Vicky, Karen, Guerrero.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just with you know, some, some, something's gonna happen. Something's <laughs> gonna happen. I thought I was kind of thinking, okay, Rose is gonna punch her in the snout here. But it's like maybe this is a little too soon.
2: Maybe it's a yeah. little too soon. Yeah, they. They need to build the them up a little. Well, I don't know. I don't think they've even been together that long. Right. <laughs> it hasn't, been a, hasn't even been like a full year. So No, yeah, uh, you're
1: right. Mm-hmm. And they, they got to give Guerrero more time on the mic. They got to really like, because that that is what she was. She was so good in the WWF with the excuse me. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that, that whole thing. Yeah. and That, that was that a happy episode yeah, play. it happened totally organic and it's just yeah. like let it uh, let's see some more of that because she's so fucking irritating, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it's just in all the right ways and especially now, the expression Karen, yeah okay and the whole idea is it's it's a real thing in pop culture right now or social culture or whatever like it it's an actual thing so run with it run with it yeah. they sh- they should be really pushing it Excalibur should be accidentally calling her Karen Guerrero you mm. know like <laughs> and the the other the two old guys should be like no it's Vicky cuz they don't quite understand what Karen yeah. is these days because they're old timers and all that and this is a relatively new thing and all that they should really be working working on that and working it in I, honestly, I don't know why like you gotta look at gift horse in the mouth
2: yeah Vicky you know? <laughs> because... Guerrero probably isn't like that in real life but she does definitely play the character up very well Like,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. and I can have... actually yeah
1: sorry, well, I I can actually see it causing some controversy, you know, with 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 the press and all that, because there is actually some Karens, okay, that are saying this is the equivalent of the N word. Oh, oh, you know, you <laughs> know, people who say
0: that are the same people who think wearing masks is slavery. Like, fuck off. I know, I know.
1: It's just. <sighs> But, but let it let let it cause a controversy use it on the show let it let you know one million moms groups like that let them get a hold of this
2: and turn a negative into a positive like to, to, to further your comment on the people thinking that Karen is the equivalent of the n-word it, rem- it reminds me of this uh this bit from uh, stand up comedian john Mullaney where he said uh, when he was writing for snl he tried to he had a, he was writing a skit where he wanted to use the word midget and the people said no you can't use the word midget cuz midget is as bad as the n word and he said no no it isn't you know how i know it isn't because we're saying the word midget but we're not even <laughs> saying what the n word is
1: yeah for sure if
2: you're, you're going to compare the badness of two words and you won't even say one of them that's the worst word Oh, definitely. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah. And I could just—I don't think they use in wrestling. I don't think the word midget is used anymore, and all that. So that kind of gives no. me the idea.
2: Like, make- uh, I think uh, WWE had their like they—they they, they, they called it their juniors division for a little while, and it's just like, oh, that's that's so <laughs>
1: that, that's the, see, that's juniors is is the cruiser weight. It's the same thing.
3: That's uh, nothing junior, to do yeah, with midgets. Junior
2: heavyweight, junior heavyweight is what they call it in Japan.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like when I you
1: use the word junior, you're thinking, you know, cruiserweights, light heavyweights, and all that. Not, not midgets. But that kind of gives me an idea for a future turnbuckle talk. There's just so much in the past when you watch, you know, stuff stuff from the '70s and '80s that just wouldn't fly
2: today. Oh, like Ronnie Piper's uh, half blackface. Right, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just stuff like that. So maybe keep that in mind for a future Turnbuckle Talk, guys. Mm-hmm. I think, uh,
0: also, yeah. as of right now, Vince tr- is trying to trademark more WCW names.
1: Of course. Uh, well, he he kind of owns the library, at least he the does. WCW library. So like
0: now he's trying for Slam the match beyond Bunkhouse Stampede, Battle Bowl, and Super Brawl.
1: Hmm. Well, I yeah, I guess those words he wouldn't own. Just just the the clips, just the just 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 the footage. I guess so.
2: Huh. Yeah, they well they they let the they let the. Uh, trademark expire for Bash of the Beach, obviously, because mm-hmm. AEW used that already earlier this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that they got people in a- AEW watching this stuff intently. Yeah. You know, okay, as soon as something, as soon as we hear something expires, jump on it. Whatever it is, just do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that's how Major League Wrestling managed to get a hold of War Games. Oh you know. yeah, yeah they 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 had their
2: own war games versions and all that. So
3: yeah, by- <laughs> that
2: was a good segue, but we have to get back to uh, yeah,
3: yeah yes,
1: yes, yes. So um, yeah. So that, now yeah.
2: The, uh, the tag team title match between FTR and the Bucks, right? Right. Finally, finally. Yeah, two years in the making. This match was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. social media
1: <laughs> with, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, because weren't they going back and forth at one, at one another while FDR yeah.
2: was in NXT? I think so, yeah, because like, yeah, Matt Jackson, I think, tweeted one day, like, mark my words, one day the revival versus the Young Bucks will happen. I think that was in 2018. So I think, I think the revival was already on the main roster. But I think they like just got on the main roster. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, this was after their uh, the revival's very uh uh classic feud with uh DIY in NXT. Ah okay. Uh, yeah yeah. Didn't, oh. didn't the words DIY
1: pop up yep. on this show as they well? Yeah <laughs>
2: during <laughs> which, uh, that match too. Oh, okay, yeah. We'll right. get to that but uh, yeah the going into this match though it is interesting to note that Matt Jackson had a torn uh, MCL and a sitting ACL going oh, into wow yeah but he was still cleared to wrestle somehow <laughs> wow that's a warrior yeah he suffered these injuries back in June when the bucks uh faced the butcher and the blade on an episode of Dynamite. Okay, so yeah, he's been dealing with this for a while, and I guess that that's why they kind of uh, did the whole uh, leg injury angle, where uh, FTR put Matt Jackson's uh, leg into a chair and stomped on it. Oh, ah, uh, okay. a Couple weeks ago, just so they could ham that up as a as an angle. But yeah, obviously that's that's not going to stop Matt Jackson from competing. Uh, okay. but yeah, because like this. Like the the build to this match, I didn't think was as good as it could have been. And when they when they threw in that stipulation that if the Bucks lost, they would never compete for the or never challenge for the uh, tag team titles ever again, and I was like, "Oh, no, <laughs> well, was, then you know, yeah, okay." When I first heard that, I was like, "Is this going to be like a full gear tradition every time? Every time full gear comes around, an EVP was going to have a match where he's, if he loses, he doesn't contend for a title." Because last year, last year of full gear. That was what Cody did with the world title when he faced Jericho. Yeah,
0: but now he's Cody Rhodes again. Can he say he can go for the belt again?
2: Well, I think I think the major loophole in those stipulations is that they say they can't challenge, but nothing ever says that the champion can't challenge them. So, uh,
1: yeah. So I'll t- I'll torment you. I'll. <laughs> You know, I'll do whatever I can just to piss you off enough that you challenge me. And then, okay,
2: it's a good way around it. We'll see, though. It's all all, all clever wordplay. (laughs) But uh, anyway, this match, yeah. The
3: first
2: first half of it, I thought, was a little bit underwhelming. I was just like, okay, this is not what I had hoped for. But somewhere on the lines, it uh, kicked right into, no pun intended, full gear. (laughs) <laughs> and goddamn, if these guys just started pulling off move after move and fuck it it, it actually became like a almost like an eighties versus nineties style match because like or or if you will flips versus fists. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like uh F T R yeah, they represent the eighties, the more like ground based uh style, basic style, whereas mm-hmm. and yeah, the the bucks were yeah more of the the flashy type stuff like where they were they flippy dippy shit. yeah flippy dippy shit <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah 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 i
1: enjoyed this i enjoyed it, it was it was, did, it was yeah. a good match went back and forth it, it kept my attention
2: yeah um, and, um, they started pulling off other like um, FDR had a heart attack at one point and uh uh, I think oh, yeah, and the uh the Bucks hit hit the uh the twist of fate Swanton bomb combination a of the Hardy Boys. And which they did a 3D
0: at some point as well.
2: Yeah, that too. Yeah, it was kind of a nice a nice little homage to uh tag teams of the past, which AEW does really nicely, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. This the thing about this about this match was the way they were pushing the Bucks leading up to it, like they were, you were, like they were super kicking Tony and like they were showing the attitude and all that. And it's like, okay, we're doing a heel turn here, but yet they're going into a match with with F, F FTR here. They're they're getting a title match. It's like, okay, who's who's the face? Who's the heel? And you kind of get, you kind of got that with a number of matches throughout this card, who are you supposed to be cheering for here and all that? And ultimately it's all up to the individual, but the way they were building it, it's like, who's the heel? Who's, who's not, you know, that's just yeah. something that I kind of,
2: I FTR kind of thought of. Like, Yeah. FDR were like the clear cut heels, I think, but, uh, the bucks were kind of like in betweeners. Cause like, I don't necessarily think they were going full heel. They were just kind of going back to like their old personas in Japan and uh, Ring of Honor more or less. Mm-hmm. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like the, the last half of the match I thought was absolutely stellar. Still not as good as the Bucks versus uh, Hangman and Page from mm-hmm. Revolution earlier this yeah. year I think that's match of the year candidate right there. Yeah. Probably one of the greatest tag matches of all time. But then again, you have to also consider the fact that there was like not a full crowd there and Matt Jackson was injured. So mm-hmm. yeah, even with all that given, like I still thought the, the, the second, the back half of it was crazy. Good. Like, like uh, Dustin can even tell you when we were sitting there. I even said, "Like, man, this match is really underwhelming so far." And then all of a sudden, it just like, like a light switch, and just flipped. Like, oh, here we go. Here we <laughs> yeah, go. For
0: yeah. twenty minutes of the match, we were like, "Okay, all right, okay, cool." <laughs> and then it was like, "What the fuck happened? It's good now."
1: Yeah. Right yeah. on, right on. So, are you happy with the title change?
2: Uh, yeah, I have no complaints about it. Like a lot of people are obviously, like, I'm gonna complain being like, oh, yeah, they booked themselves to win, they booked themselves to win, but, like, Tony Khan does all the booking in AEW, like... At the end of the day, yeah, he's still yeah. kind of, as he's, like, kind of the Vince. Yeah, yeah, he is, exactly, but, uh, yeah, like, I have no problem with it, because, like, they've been champions elsewhere before, where they didn't have uh, any creative mm-hmm. control, and it's not like they made themselves champions right away, so... You know what? I'm good with it.
1: Me too. I think so. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now let's see FTR like chase 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 them for a bit. Yeah. We'll see Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Like like I'd like to see Matt Jackson just kind of like maybe take it easy a little bit and like try to heal up his injuries because those are torn ACL and MCL are nothing to <laughs> nothing to poo poo at because like that's pretty serious, but. Yeah, if he takes it easy for a little bit, and they maybe, maybe now they'll kind of like do a more of a full fledged heel turn now that they have the titles and they'll be like, Well, we told you we were the best, and now we're just gonna, we're not gonna defend them. There we go. Yeah, who knows?
1: There we go. Okay, so the following match, I believe, was the cinematic match. Yes, the okay. Uh, Okay. Um, Normally, these matches I really don't go for, so that's when I go get a drink. That's when I go use the facilities and all that. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna do just that. I'm gonna go refill up my Sex Pistols mug here with a fresh cup of Joe, and I'm gonna let you guys talk about all of this. Okay. So I'll be right back. Okay.
2: All right. Oh, I don't know. I I thought this match was entertaining for what it was. Like it wasn't as good as. previous uh, deletion matches that Matt Hardy has done.
0: Mm -hmm. But all of the ones he's done have been good.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like Matt Hardy is, in my opinion, is kind of like the king of these cinematic matches. Even though this one wasn't really a full-on cinematic match. It was more like a a half-and-half. Yeah. We still had the commentators in there uh, saying their pieces or or commentated commentated on the match, obviously. But you can just tell that JR just did not like this at all <laughs> when he was commenting on this. Oh, yeah.
0: You can tell JR's just like, Am I back in WWE? What's going on?
2: Yeah. Well, like, and well, I think it was like the, the most impressive part is that Matt Hardy has taken this concept across three different brands in the past four <laughs> years. Because, <laughs> yeah, we had the final deletions in Impact Wrestling, we had the ultimate deletion in uh, WWE. And then we had, well, which unfortunately was soured by Vince McMahon before it even aired.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, he told Michael Cole to, like, ham this up as if it's the worst thing ever on commentary before they even showed it. But, uh, yeah, and then finally, with this, the Elite Deletion within uh, All Elite Wrestling. But, yeah, like, I knew exactly what to expect going in, and I thought it was kind of funny when they went over to, like, the Water Fountain and uh, Matt took that staff out of the out of the fountain and hit Sammy with it, and Jar was like, "Oh, what the hell is that?" And <laughs> just, yeah, Excalibur was like, "Oh, that's the staff of Mephistopheles." And JR was like, "Oh, of course, of course, that's what it is." <laughs>
0: and then the last time Matt hits him, the plastic skull head clearly snaps in half. Yeah,
2: it breaks right off. <laughs> no, yeah, it's goofy as all hell, but like that, like. And, like, just the the subtle references to everything, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of want Snowy to be back for, like, some of the stuff that I talked about in the Smash, because I know he's gonna, he's probably gonna laugh about it, but uh, no, like, having, having, uh like, having uh, Gregory Helms come in and <laughs> doing that, or Shane Helms, I should say, sorry, when coming back as the Hurricane with Gangrel holding him hostage for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was kind of uh, a little weird, but whatever. <laughs> that's that's just the nature of uh, the these deletion matches, I suppose. Yeah, but why, uh, why
0: did you save me. It's been a few years. Oh, long-term yeah. Term storytelling.
2: Yeah, long-term storytelling. It's all whatnot. <laughs> but wait, uh, hey, now that uh, now that uh, WWE has furloughed, uh, Shane Helms, I guess they're not bringing him back because they slowly have been bringing producers back, but. Mm -hmm. apparently he's still out of a job but maybe he can be like a backstage guy for AEW now (laughs) have have them give him a job but there was one specific part that I really wanted Snowy to hear I don't know if he caught it (laughs) he's He's back back now he's back now he's back now okay yeah one part of this uh, I don't know if you watched any of this match Snowy but yeah when Gangrel came back i thought that was pretty cool
3: Mm
2: -hmm. it was random as all hell but there was one specific part of this match where that when they were doing the whole fireworks thing when they were like shooting fireworks at each other and sammy Guevara was running away and he slipped in a mud puddle and matt hardy made the comment saying oh the old folks are gonna call this a mud show a mud show yeah i caught that and i laughed out loud literally for that yeah (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was absolutely hilarious when that happened.
0: <laughs> it's probably been emailed to Cornet so many times. Oh, so, yeah.
2: oh if you yeah. if you if he wasn't watching live to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, oh yeah, because on his podcast
1: they review these. He reviews um, the AEWs and the NXTs and the pay-per-views and all that. Okay, so. so
0: he was watching it then. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. What
0: went flying across the room when they said, oh, these old folks think it's a mug show?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Damn, calm mm-hmm. down. What the fuck are they doing? Throw, whipping, throwing shit everywhere.
1: Shit. Yeah. This um, this whole cinematic match, sorry, like they did this sort of on Impact.
2: Well, like, the line, like I was saying with uh, with Ducky when you were gone, the these deletion matches have spanned across uh, three companies over the last four years with Impact, WWE, and now all Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, now, even did the fireworks
1: shooting the fireworks at his opponent. Yeah, and all that. Yeah,
2: but you know. Like I, I can find the entertainment in them. Like like I, I thought it was kind of funny when like when Shane Helms showed up and he's just like Matt, why didn't you save me earlier? Or like it's been two years. Why didn't you save me? He's like, oh, you know, long-term storytelling. <laughs> but uh yeah, like the map was like like what I expected it was going to be, like just like just cheap cheap laughs and like yeah, and cheesy humor. But when they got into the dome of deletion, when the when the 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 door went down, it kind of took a bit of a dark turn. Oh, jeez, that it got scary. Yeah. When oh, uh, they they kind of like recreated the uh, the very real life incident that happened at all all out when Matt Hardy took that tumble
3: and mm. almost
2: could have mm. died, but you know this this oh, excuse me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but,
2: uh, yeah. it has is tradition on the show but uh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah when when matt already speared uh sammy guevara off the ring apron through a couple of tables and then it showed uh sammy guevara laying there with a pool of blood under his head i was just like i was thinking to myself like is this poor taste or is this like is this tacky or what like i don't mm-hmm. know like but i know like Obviously, Matt Hardy, like, he had full creative control over this. So it wasn't, it's not like necessarily insulting anybody, but, uh, yeah. no, like, yeah, then eventually, like, yeah, Matt Hardy got the win. Pinned Sammy Guevara, And, uh, then afterwards, they loaded him into a, into a, <laughs> like, one of those little trash, uh, one of those little trash receptacles that we all have mm-hmm. at our homes nowadays. Put him in put him in the back of a pickup truck where matt hardy's uh father in law was driving senor benjamin yeah yeah big 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 pop for him yeah yeah everyone loves senor benjamin but mm-hmm. uh but yeah and then and then matt matt's wife uh Reby played his old uh T, like broken matt hardy's old tna theme song <laughs> on, uh, on the piano and everybody cool.
3: celebrated <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that was the end of that but it was it, like yeah, like I said, it was everything I thought it was going to be, and I wasn't let down by it really. But yeah.
3: right. yep,
2: fair enough, fair enough.
1: Uh, MJF and Jericho. Yeah. Okay. This is this was another match, one of the three matches where it's like, okay, who's who's the face? Who's 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 the heel? Who are we supposed to cheer for? What's going on? And all that, but that didn't kind of um I, it it didn't that didn't take take away from the match because the story they had where it's like okay we need we want MJF to prove himself. If you can defeat me, then you've got a spot in the inner circle.
2: Yeah, well the the main problem with this match I thought was that like after after everything that's already happened in the show, the, the commentators in the crowd were were a little bit fatigued.
3: Okay,
2: I, I didn't think really a heel versus heel match was going to really pop or like pop them up again, but yeah, that, that's like the the main thing that this match suffered from was that the crowd didn't really seem as into it as the other matches. But no, I I I, I enjoyed the 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 concept of it. That if MGF, I liked how MGF was kind of trolling uh, Jericho when he came out with the. With The light-up jacket at first, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like when I when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, is Jericho bringing that back?" And then I'm like, even before they reveal that, I was just like, "Oh no, that's that's MJF." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and I gotta say, I really like how they book the ending mm-hmm. with, with 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 the baseball bat in Jericho's hand, and then he just he goes. He goes down, the the bat scene in his hand, you know. It's like oh, oh, and then you know it all works out where MJF, you know, is going to be a member of the inner circle, and there's already people in the inner circle that don't like him. I don't think Santana and Ortiz and Guerrero Guerrero Guevara. Well, they far. don't. Yeah, Guevara. <laughs> they they don't want him in there. So it's going yeah. to be it's it's going to be interesting where they go with this now. Yeah, and also
2: uh,
3: there's also like
2: Jake Hager and Wardlow staring each other down every time they were in the mm-hmm. ring.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, who knows? This might like this might uh, have like uh, like a little turn on dynamite, where either either everybody in the inner circles maybe be like yeah, you're in the inner circle, but we're all out. See you later. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or They'll say something like, oh yeah, but Wardlow wasn't part of the deal, and then they'll beat down Wardlow and that'll lead to a MJF versus Wardlow feud for a little while. Right, right. Or this is probably the way they're
1: going to end the inner circle. Move on Poss- to something new with them.
2: Yeah, possibly. But I could, I could also see that uh, now that MJF is in the inner circle, they turn on Wardlow, Wardlow will then face MGF for a little while, but instead of having Wardlow in his corner, now MGF will have Hagar in his corner as his personal backup. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot, lot, lots of things they can do with this, but, uh, Maybe, maybe they'll do another uh, dinner debonair with it. Have a, have a nice little sing. <laughs> don't 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 put
1: that out there in the wrestling universe, dude. <laughs> like, oh God, I didn't even begin to it, man. Like, uh, no, 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 not going to.
2: I thought that segment was.
1: <laughs> okay, well, much like today's political climate in the U.S., well, it's just agree to disagree.
2: <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> on, that, on that right now and finally the main event the i quit match mox mox versus eddie kingston and i gotta say like um if you at the end of hockey games okay when i was growing up i think i guess they still do it now but the, at the end of hockey games they always had the three-star selection First star, second star, third star. Using that, I don't know. Like with this angle, I got to give first star of uh, full gear to Eddie Kingston. Yeah, yeah. With the build up and this match and everything that was going on, um, he really showed all of his talents with everything. And it was just another one of those things, though, where his His promos leading up to this match were all babyface, okay? Because he's talking about his mother, and you saw him praying with the rosaries and all that. And it's like, man, this is all—you know, this is all good guy stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, even though he's booked as the heel.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though he's 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 the total uh, the total heel, and I can see this. As step one to a Kingston face turn, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I actually, I, but I enjoyed this. It was a fantastic match, and it's going to propel Kingston and really show what he's able to do. And it was another one where they didn't hide the fact that Mox, you know, Moxley and Kingston had this history in the Indies,
0: and yeah. If- so, did you notice that.
1: they were showing old ICW footage in the They watch? Yeah, yeah, they, they were. I I totally, I totally marked out for that where they, they had just like, oh my God, they're not hiding this. They're using, I think they were even using the word Indies. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, this is fantastic. I'm loving the way they're, they're building this. And it, it definitely didn't, um, it didn't disappoint
2: Mm-hmm. and it's gonna be interesting to see where they go with Kingston yeah. with this my favorite uh my favorite part of this match was how like Moxley you can tell Moxley didn't want to be doing this and like a lot of the times it wasn't even the fact that like normally in an I quit match it would be like a guy does a move to somebody or like puts him in a submission or something like that and then the referee asks him if he wants to quit but it was like like most of the time it was like moxie was like threatening to do stuff to him and saying like i will do this if you don't quit (laughs) like (laughs) like, yeah which i thought was pretty pretty uh interesting when it comes to storytelling like like just doing that you know playing that whole angle being like oh like if you like i will it's like (laughs) i will end
3: you if you don't
2: quit and then eventually Mm -hmm. Moxley ended up wrapping his own forearm with barbed wire and putting in that, uh, that bulldog choke and like oh. like Mo- like you could just yeah just like the look on Kingston's face when he had that in like he pretty much had to choke the words out of him, mm-hmm. for him to quit and yeah like it was <laughs> like uh, he, he pretty much just like squeezed the words out of him he's like okay you're not gonna quit I'll, I'll, make, I'll make you
3: yeah, yeah, then, uh, yeah.
2: Like, yeah. Like Kingston was just in the bulldog choke, just like sitting there, just like, <laughs> and was like, ah, and oh fuck, okay. Yeah, okay, choke with Moxley's forearm wrapped in barbed wire. No yeah, least.
0: yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it and it, it looked it looked like it could be a real thing. It looked like I've seen many MMA matches mm-hmm. fights that kind of ended with the rear naked choke and all that, and the X the added the added pressure of the barbed wire and all that it gave it you know it's the shit's supposed to be look real but not be real it yeah. looked
2: real it
1: looked real
2: well i i had a full and like i had a feeling that that barbed wire was going to come into come into the finish like cuz kingston kept bringing it into the match like wrapping it around his fist and like using it to 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 like punch mocks with it mm-hmm. but like i i like i thought that it was going to like Eventually like Moxie like or who yeah, Moxie was gonna like use it to like 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 rake it across his eyes or something and use it as a submission hold. But <laughs> the way he actually ended up using it, I thought was a lot more effective. Definitely. Like, choking the words out of him and and also like all the the thumbtack scenes were after he got moxie on the thumbtacks and then poured rubbing alcohol on him. Yeah, that was something new. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like, I feel
0: usually that. it's like salt. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's salt
1: and lemon juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, so. see, that, yeah, the whole rubbing alcohol, dude, that's right out of your deathmatch tournament crap. You know yeah. where they did all that extra stuff and all that. <laughs> it's like that's what that that's what made me think of this. It's like okay, this 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 is right out of this stuff that Ducky makes us watch and all that, and it's like okay, all right, we can we can sit through it this time.
2: Yeah, I totally. Yeah, <laughs> when they brought out the
3: the, you know, the rubbing
2: alcohol, I was just like, oh no, they're not actually going to are they?
3: And then like. Yeah.
2: Sure enough, yeah, he just dumps it all over Moxie's back and I was like, like my back tensed up and I was just like, oh my god.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It feels>
1: like- <laughs>
0: He's like, I'm just in the wounds for you, hear Here you go.
2: There you oh, go. Like, like, oh, everybody, I'm sure everybody knows rubbing uh-huh. alcohol
3: feels like on a wound, but to like to take that and like amplify it to like across your entire back, that's basically a pin cushion. That's uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's torture porn right
1: there. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Okay, you're getting a little robotic there, Matt. Yeah, what? Oh, there, it's getting a little better. Oh, yeah, sorry. Like yeah. As I said, that's, the, that's torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're still... Okay, um... Okay, so, um... Horns up, horns down, horns in the middle? Um horns up okay you know yeah i ended up i ended up shelling out for this myself just you know me my lonesome in the living room me and my buddy jack worth every penny horns way up
0: well yeah that was a good review of full gear i think and i unfortunately have to bounce for okay this time
3: All right, yep, uh, yep
0: ducky signing out we'll talk
1: to you all later okay Okay, thanks 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 brother talk to you soon enough yeah
0: later
3: boys
1: see you oh okay okay and for ourselves we're gonna kind of wrap this up with a little bit of our turnbuckle talk here um professional wrestling we have as fans and within the industry and all that we kind of have our own little terminologies our own little expressions okay not only for just the everyday things that kind of go with with the territory but actual places okay especially like during the territory days there was always you would you would say like a certain like one word would represent while not being bang on, but it kind of represented a certain area, a city, a territory, an area um, that you knew just by saying it, you could make that connection. Like we, I guess I guess pro wrestling has its own geographical terminologies as well. And these all kind of built up over the years. And I thought maybe it'd be kind of fun for our younger listeners out there that might not be too familiar with with some of these expressions and kind of make our own little pro-wrestling um, map, ge- geographical map, shall we say. Because like I said, you just mentioned, you just mentioned something and bang, instantly you know. Okay, during yep. dur- during the territory days, once the WWF after WrestleMania started the national expansion, okay, a lot of the guys all, you know, the 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 big money, the big payoff at the time, you know, with the demise of the territories and the shifting of the fan base and all that, to go to New York was the goal. Whether or not you were in a territory, even if you were making decent change in WCW, once when, when Turner b- bought it out, the goal was always to go to New York. To go to New York, New York. I'm going to sign on with New York. Well, what the hell is that? You're going to go play with the Rangers? Are you gonna? <laughs> are you? Are you looking to get a gig on Broadway or something like? What do you? What do you mean you want to go to New York? When you said New York, that meant. I want to go to the WWF. I want to sign a contract out of that because um, of course WWF w, before that even the WWF you know Madison Square Garden yep. you know the it. most the most fabled venue of all of of them all of all time. The world's most famous arena. Right, right. Is fully immersed Within the WWF territory and the Federation and all that. So whenever someone said, I want to go to New York, that's what they meant. I want to sign on with Vince. I want to go to the WWF. And of course, Stanford, Connecticut, you know, is a stone's throw away from New York as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so when you want to go to New York, that meant you were going to the WWF. Memphis kind of the same idea. Well, okay. What's going on in Memphis and all that? Well, particularly during the territory days, okay, Memphis represented Lawler's Federation. The Jerry Jerry the King Lawler, you had like the Championship Wrestling Association later on it kind of merged with world-class for a while, became its own entity as well, known as the USWA. Basically, the territory that the Jarretts owned, that Jerry Lawler owned a stake in, around the Tennessee and the following areas, that was always known as Memphis. Gonna go to Memphis. So I got this gig up in Memphis and all that. And that 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 always meant that territory. Now I see on YouTube, okay there's there's a there's a championship wrestling usa or some or some indie i see on on youtube that it looks like memphis is trying to make a is trying to make a comeback but instead of an indie it's kind of a territory i'm gonna look or instead of a territory sorry it's kind of just an indie out of memphis so it's gonna be you know i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out but yeah, just to mention the word Memphis, you know, that meant, you know, Lawler and Jarrett's territory. Right. So some something a little different. Okay. Montreal. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, much Montreal had its own territory, international wrestling. Okay, that that the uh the Britos and the Rougeos, you know, that, that was where they came from. Rick Rick Martel came out of the international, uh, came out of Montreal. Um, Dino Bravo, which mm-hmm. unfortunately, all the attention that the old international territory seemed to have gotten was from Dino Bravo's assassination. And it was covered on the dark, uh, the dark side of the ring episode did you did you catch that one unfortunately yeah like
2: (laughs) i don't think i caught that specific episode no but
1: oh okay okay well that's unfortunately that's the thing that has made you know the that that territory so famous that's where dino bravo came from and that's that's the connection to it and that's that's kind of sad okay as a wrestling fan and as a teenager i enjoyed international wrestling a lot um but now these days okay montreal is not associated with a territory or a federation or even like the von ericks are associated with world class and all that okay mm-hmm. Mon- montreal when you say well it happened at in montreal it happened at montreal 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 that represents the screw job yeah 100%. <laughs> the montreal screw job where you know the it's it's the old fabled story where um, Bret hart was signing on to wcw while still champion in the wwf and you know the vinnie mack there he was afraid that Hart was going to take the title and show up the next night on Nitro with it. So they he was worried that the you know he would that's what was gonna happen. So they kind of double crossed him and had the screw job finish in which they made it look like he submitted and Michaels won the WWF title through that way when that didn't happen and mm-hmm. all that. And they have since gone down in history this is actually not the first screw job out of a title the original one is shortly after the first Wrestlemania for whatever reason whatever you believe they wanted to get rid of Wendy Richter uh, get the world title off of her and get her out of the Federation a lot of people were saying because she's just got too big She, you know, and she was a threat to Hogan's spot. This is going way back. Holy shit! I don't even think. Were you even born in eighty (laughs) five? No,
3: (laughs) eighty
1: six when I was born. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you were, you were just a sparkle in your daddy's eyes. Shall Shall we say? Well, they wanted to get the. WWF title off of Wendy Richter, and she was supposed to have defended it against the Spider Lady, who was okay. a was a female wrestler in a full body suit. It turned out a uh, going against the I don't like this word, but going against the script, going against the booking, it was Mula in it was the fabulous Mula in uh, in a suit, and uh, they screwed. They they screwed Richter out of the title that way, so that was the original screw job, which I think happened in New York. So mm. look look at how this all kind of turns around, you know, goes goes back to one another. So that was the original screw job. And now these days, though, yeah, when someone says Montreal, it's yeah, it's the 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 infamous world title screw job. Yeah. Speaking of Bret Hart. Okay, Calgary. Yep, Stampede, you know, man. When you used to, bang on, yeah, yeah, whenever anyone says, yeah, I'm going up to Calgary. I'm going to go work in Calgary. Okay, that was Stampede Wrestling that pretty much Stu Hart owned, owned operated, the Hart family, you know, every, pretty much all of them all in some way, shape, or form had their hands in it. The wives married or the sisters married pro wrestlers. They all worked at some, at some point all worked for the territory and all that. So whenever someone said, going to Calgary, I'm working in Calgary, that meant working for Stu in Stampede. And when you think about just the names, just over the years that, Made their way through the territory just off the top of my head, like Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit got discovered there. Um, the Great Gamma, uh, was a heel for years there. Bad News Brown was Bad News Allen mm. there. Um, oh geez, geez, I and just Killer Con. Guys from the AWA and NWA all, you know, would go through the territory. Every once in a while, they would bring him in for one one shots and all that, and it's just like it was just, ah, yeah. Um, Stampede was kind of like one of my favorites as well as as a teenager. To go along with Stampede wrestler was. When you got trained by Stu Hart, when you wanted, if you wanted to make your way to Stampede Wrestling or just just to be trained and make your way to another territory, another league or whatever, more often than not, you ended up in the dungeon. Yeah. (laughs) You know what what the the the
2: dungeon (laughs) did? It it was just the basement of their house, but it was (laughs) a world famous room.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where Stu would basically uh yeah, let's okay, let's go down to the dungeon and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll show you a few things and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, I'll I'll stretch you out and I'll make you a man. Yeah.
3: Well, there's, there's and, actually, like, yeah.
2: Stories, stories from <laughs> Bret Hart about how uh like like people around Calgary would like like come around there and like they wouldn't be able to see into the room but they'd hear people like it's not like people being tortured in there people, <laughs> yeah it yeah it's like stew hearts and like uh, yeah like <laughs> like there there is an episode of WWE Storytime where it, all, it talks all about like or uh, Bret Hart talks all about like how people around Calgary knew about stew is this or the the heart the heart family uh home was like everyone thought it was like a torture <laughs> torture, or torture asylum and yeah and then like one day uh Stu Hart got into it with a brett's wrestling teacher at uh at school and the wrestling teacher obviously like thought it was just like oh you do all that all that fake shit that sissy shit all that stuff Uh-oh. and like and then Bret Hart just kind of like got this like he says he got like this smirk across his face when when he said that and then Stu Hart like took took this guy to town and had him basically crying like <laughs> a little girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See that's uh-huh, uh-huh and that as wrestling fans. Like, we hear that all the time. Like, that's that fake wrestling shit. Like, yeah, that's not the real Both
3: thing. Like
2: that's fake
3: shit. Yeah, that's that's that
2: like fake shit. Yeah,
3: okay, well, uh,
1: you do it. You do it. Yeah, you, you see.
2: falling 20 feet off of uh, a <laughs> of yeah. ladder.
1: See how yeah. you... Uh, Why don't you go down in the dungeon with Stu? Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm good with doing my radio show. I don't need to... Uh, I don't, know, I don't. need to be stretched by stew. It's
2: okay. I don't mind. Well, I, I I remember some, you know, some, some times Some sometimes in middle school when I would be like, uh, people would say it's fake, and I would like put an ankle lock on them or something, and then be like, <laughs> they'd yeah. be crying, and then they'd be like, "Well, that's not how they do it on TV." Then it's like,
3: "Yeah, it is. Much it is. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, I love it when normies not not just about wrestling, but music as well. Yeah, yeah I, I love it when normies are always like." They want to tell me, they want to educate me on all of this. And it's like, I've been following this since I was eight and I'm 50 now. Come on. What are you, what are you going to tell me, Susan? You're not going to tell me shit. You know, so sit down, shut the fuck up. You know, like, ah, yeah, yeah. So yes, the dungeon, like all you have to do is just say that. And you Mm -hmm. knew, yeah, it's that Stu's basement. Yeah, and a lot of times, all right, just when you're traveling and all that, just going to Japan. Oh, yeah, everyone. And, and there is over the years, there's just so many different federations over there. There's, you know, you have New Japan, which is the big one. There was all Japan. You had war. You had like just over the years, there's just Stardom. been. Yeah, they, they have oh, so many another. of them. They're
2: all all female, one called Stardom.
1: Right, right. Um, well, a lot of guys yeah. would go over to Japan just to get the experience.
2: Yeah, but like I think the most uh the most synonymous term when it comes to Japan is probably the Tokyo Dome. Everyone knows oh. like the, the, yeah. the Tokyo Dome, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure, because
1: new new Japan is the biggest league. And you know, it 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 always really has been. Yeah. But Japan is just was an all-encompassing term. No matter mm-hmm. what federation you were going to, whether it was a severe indie to get chased around by Leatherface or whether you were going to the Tokyo Dome to take on Kenny Omega or Okada or anyone.
2: Yeah, yeah, seven um, star match from Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it all happened in Japan, no matter yeah. No matter, no matter what. what, no matter which league or anything, it was Japan. It And Japan. And just like Japanese people, they, I, I don't know how much they hear, you know, from North American fans just referring to everything as Japan, Japan. It's just like they must think like. Okay, that's because you think we all look alike, right? So all I guess all of our wrestling must all you know <laughs> all of our wrestling so you is think,
2: all the same. So you think Japanese people refer to like WWF and WCW and all everything else is America or, or ECW as yeah. America? <laughs>
1: it's just all it's just all America, including yeah. Canada, including Canada no. and Mexico, and it's just all it's all America. I gotta go to America.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I would imagine. No, I think Japanese wrestling fans are a little more uh, sophisticated. Yeah, I'd like to imagine than, than yeah. we are. You know, they have a much greater appreciation for it. So those that, those are kind of the ones that come immediately off the top of my head. To the to a lesser extent, um, Dallas. Okay, during the World Class during the territory days the von Erics, their home base was dallas but i didn't they didn't use the term dallas as much as memphis and calgary mm-hmm. back then you know so yeah it got used but mm, maybe maybe not so much just in case you were waiting for me to get to that <laughs> just eh, not, not so much did you have any any of these geographical places that well want to share.
2: Like I said, uh people when people said they were gonna go down to Atlanta, that was that was WCW. Right that there.
1: was WCW, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh now it wasn't as widespread as New York, but yeah, you knew Atlanta equals you know, WCW. Even even Crockett promotions in general well, I know I guess maybe the carolinas represented crockett the whole mid-atlantic greensboro yeah and um charlotte and all that that was definitely mid-atlantic territory but yeah you're right when it comes to wcw atlanta you're right good one good one
2: yeah well i think nwa can kind of be grouped into that too i think because like well nowadays nwa like we're uh i think uh and WA Power was filmed in Atlanta, in, Georgia. In Atlanta, that's right. You're right. Yeah. And a TV studio, which was old school as all hell, which I <laughs> loved. I missed that show so much. <laughs> I do, I do. That was my favorite thing. I, I can't be- I can't believe it's been eight months since an episode of Power has aired. Uh yeah, yeah. And it
1: was such a throwback to those days. Like you gotta go onto youtube and find the old mid-atlantic the old studio wrestling memphis and all that and you will see it's like holy shit like this is this is power but 40 years before 30 30 40 years before that's -hmm. exactly where old billy pumpkins gets it from yeah uh yeah yeah so what else you got
2: yeah, as of like maybe a decade ago, I guess you could say Tampa was uh, TNA or Impact Wrestling because that's where they 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 really did everything out of the Impact Zone in Tampa, Florida, or yeah, Orlando. Or, oh, it was Orlando, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, Orlando. yeah, and Disneyland. And, yeah, <laughs> Universal Studios oh. in Orlando. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, I could see that for yeah. sure. For sure, for sure. And the problem, the problem that impact or that TNA had is a lot of times they would get people to fill up their building for free just from Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, people people walking around, hey, you want to see the wrestling matches? Here's a ticket. Go ahead and all that. And then you had people that just don't know what's going on, don't really care. They're just getting out of the sun. They're just, you know, they're just seeing something they've never seen before, and you could really tell that sometimes the audience just wasn't getting into it. Now, when TNA would go on tour, like, when they went along the East Coast, especially when they went to Philadelphia, to New York, to Bethlehem, and all that, like, Mm -hmm. they had amazing crowds because those were wrestling fans, and they were hungry to see some live TNA.
2: Yeah, like, their pay-per-views and stuff, where they actually went to, like, arenas, they wouldn't necessarily sell out, but they they would at least do the lower bowl, and people would be interested in actually coming. And yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. but that's that's a whole other topic. One of these times for a turnbuckle talk, we just gotta discuss all things TNA. Um, so that's our geographical lesson. Well, I
2: don't. Know. There know. is one more. Oh, okay. I, sorry. I, sorry. The 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 latest and well. I don't know. I don't know about greatest, but we'll say greatest for now. <laughs> In terms of modern day, the latest and greatest, Jacksonville—that's the home of uh, AEW. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because especially now with uh, with with the pandemic going on mm-hmm. and all that, they're not really able. They're not. Well, they never really. They never really toured anywhere, really.
2: Well, no, they they were going around the country uh, with dynamite and and dark for a little while um in the first like i guess from october till till March, (laughs) but then they had then everything kind of had to like relocate to daly's place uh in jacksonville florida which is in the same the same vicinity as the the stadium that hosts the uh the jaguars because the, <laughs> the, the cons own the building so that's obviously <laughs> where, you, where you go so, right yeah cause there's yeah. there's no rent on the building yeah well like other than what they're always <laughs> paying but yeah they and, and they're 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 they got limited capacity in there right now like uh last night at full gear they they had uh a thousand people in attendance which is like a less than a quarter of of capacity Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they were were able to distance people out and all that but it was still loud like enough people to create like a legitimate crowd reaction which i i thought was was refreshing because i haven't heard that since march (laughs) like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm itching to hear a
1: crowd on impact
2: yeah yeah crowd on impact or like a non- Canned in crowd on WWE. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> like, oh.
3: with, with the Thunderdome,
2: everything's canned in. And, like, with the Performance Center, when they had all the NXT guys in there, those guys were paid by the company. So you couldn't take their reaction seriously.
1: <laughs>
2: no, definitely.
1: Definitely. Well, that's yeah, it. That's, that's, that's okay. Like it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. And I think we've been going quite a while here so i think we're going to pull this crazy train (laughs) into the station um how can people get a hold of us
2: they can get a hold of us on facebook at uh, facebook.com slash wrestling night in canada and instagram at wrestling night in canada right on right on and of course Uh, Wrestling Night
1: in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. That's probably where you're probably checking us out on Spotify through the Shining Wizards. But as part of the network, you know, you have the Shining Wizards program themselves. The whole network is just this a bunch of amazing shows predominantly pro wrestling but there's comedy there's pop culture there's there's music our brother program radioactive metal that i'm been a proud host of now for 14 years that's over there so if you like if you like the metals and all that to go with your wrestling you're gonna want to check that out there um in the meantime
3: Yeah. Oh.
2: Some for everybody on the Shining Wizards Network.
1: Definitely, definitely. I've been a big fan. I, I Before I joined on with the Shining Wizards with Radioactive Metal, I was actually a, a listener of the whole network for a number of years before that. So absolutely stoked to have my good buddies Matt and Dustin on the network with me today. In the meantime and in between time... That's it. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. Uh, I'm Snowy White.
3: I'm Matt Copper. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.